I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's really trippy right now because King Al's like side of the screen is like almost the exact same color as like the end of yours so it literally looks i'm gonna i'm gonna screenshot it because it literally looks like you two are sitting next to each other oh that's perfect <laughs> awesome like i can't tell where where the split is let's see hold on this, this show got significately more beard too as well it that's did. right yeah it's a whole lot of beard we, we keep telling dino <laughs> real podcasters have beards that's true I, i've heard the same thing yeah yeah it's actually it was really fun. We did the mega show. What was that last summer? Sometime mm-hmm. it was literally us, it was just go cast, Lord up, and uh, round table. Dino was the only person without a beard <laughs> out of everyone. <laughs> oh goodness. We interrupt this program to bring you a special bulletin. You're listening to BTW. Cat Dad 17. You're listening to BTW. Good luck and get good. You're listening to BTW. I am Dino. Good luck and get good. You're listening to BTW. And we're going to drop some PvP knowledge. I'm AstroZombie954. And we're going to drop some PvP knowledge. You're listening to BTW. Good luck and get good. You're listening to BTW. And we're going to drop some PvP knowledge on all you suckers. So, um, do we call you King? Do we call you Owl? Do we call Whatever you... works. I think King O is generally because you know King IV is king. Yeah. Um So I think well, I think most I of the mean, time it's King, king O. King didn't King didn't win Peoria. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, That's um, what, that was what your second or third regional? Third regionals. I had third done um, Arlington. I think it was mm-hmm. Arlington. Arlington and Knoxville last rotation, and then I went to this one. Um, okay, so that math when I when, when we go to Knoxville Master, I have to win now because that'll be my third regional. There you go, that's well, it. Then I should I have will, already won. <laughs> I will likely be at Knoxville with you guys as well. Oh, seriously? Yep. Okay, I, I know Kyle's talking about coming up for that one, isn't he? Yes, I think so. I think yeah. we're going to 
most of the Decidueye Dynasty team went last year okay. to um, to Knoxville, so we're probably going to get most of them together pretty again. I've got to figure out how to work it out, because the only complication I'm having is just so happened the week before that, my company decided to make their our annual sales kickoff. Oh, and I, yeah, that's going to be a lot of, you know, away at one time for the wife to not murder me. So I've got to, yeah. got to figure out what's the, what's the, um, pre quote, pre, pre, bleh, you know, that, <laughs> that thing that I can't say right now. You just, you just bring the wife, right? That's the, that's the she works weekends. Ah, that's rough. Mm. Yep. So I'm going to Charlotte in January and then like a week or two later is Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how I swing this family trip to Tennessee. There you go. Hey, Gallenberg Pigeon Forge area is a great place yeah. to take a family trip to. We oh, used especially to go that there. time of year. Yeah, we used to go there a lot when I was in high school as a family. So we obviously we haven't been back since like my dad passed. So this will be like the first time. Okay, so, so you've it's been be pretty fun. Yeah, we've been there. Like I've done okay. like um all that. I went like we. There was some like restaurant that has like a big water wheel thing uh-huh. in front the of old it. Meal. Old meal, yep. old the old meal. I know Ate that. There, um, did Dollywood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, then I like, got this place called the Island. Okay, that's a giant shopping center slash has a bunch of restaurants and think Disney Springs. Okay, so you might as well just hand your wallet away over and move on with <laughs> yeah. your life. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we're driving, so I'll be there Thursday night mm-hmm. so that I can register Friday morning and then have all day Friday. And then hopefully I'll be making it to day two. So, extra day? That's, that's yeah, of course. Plan. Yep. Always plan for the extra day just in case. Yeah. 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 So, so, Mr. Al, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I apologize how long it's taking you to get us on the show in the first place. That You know, you had to go and win a regional before we actually made it happen. <laughs> Um, oh, it's all good. I just appreciate but, you guys having me on at all, <laughs> dude. You, 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 and Kyle, and I think Lyle and I believe Spark were our original got core group of creators we wanted to partner with. So, mm-hmm. and you've been part of our, our streamer pod partners forever. But I don't know if we've ever really taken a chance to introduce each one of y'all. So tell the people, tell who is King Alexander. Oh, who is King Alexander? That's always a tough question. Um, So for the most part, my entire streaming personality really developed through watching the 6-4 Ninja. So, you know, big shout outs to Ninja. Ninja is is a huge part of how I became the content creator that I am. Um, And a lot of what he does is very uh, calculated learning. Um, you know, he takes time with it. He thinks about his losses. He's very level-headed, um, just a really intelligent player in, in any game that he does. And that's the way that he approaches everything. Um, and so his approach to both Pokemon Go, any other game that he does, and just pretty much everything that's come up in his stream was something that I really, really looked up to. Um, and so I think in turn, when it came to me kind of trying to find my niche in the Pokemon Go community in terms of streaming, I felt like teaching was really where I excelled, right? Talking through my thought process, going through why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and since I'd already seen a lot of that in Ninja's stream, I kind of just modeled my kind of ideas off of how, what I'd seen from him. Um, so I turned myself kind of into a, a teaching stream and uh, an educational stream more so. 
And I will say, you know, comparing you to our other partner streamers, if you've ever watched Lyles, this is as far opposite of Lyles as you're going to get. <laughs> well, that's I don't what think I was I've gonna ever say. seen you mauled once on stream. That's what it, I was going to say. My TCG streams on Friday, I've channeled my inner Lyles Jeff 3. <laughs> so I'm guessing that's the wrong the wrong partner to, to channel. <laughs> I, I hear it's the opposite. I do. When I see Lyle's streams, it's definitely not quite the same. Um <laughs> I'll, I'll mold every now and then. You know, everyone does, right? Whatever game you play can be frustrating, and that's just how it goes. Um, but I definitely do my best to keep myself level-headed and, and learning from the losses more so than just uh, being frustrated at them. Yeah. It, that, that's the thing that I always jumped out to me when I'm watching you stream, is even when you, you get the hard counter thing, and like it's just, you know it's a bad match. There's no way you're going to... You're still looking where... And you actually stop at the end of the match and say, like, okay, what can I... I've literally heard you. What can I learn from that? Mm-hmm. Like you hard countered, there, there's nothing to learn, but you still in your personality, you're like, okay, I can learn something and I can help, you know, give someone some type of information, even in a bad match. Absolutely. And that's my thought process is if I lost a game, yes, every now and then, you know, you get hard countered and you throw your hands up and say, what can you do? But if I lost a game, clearly I did something wrong. Um, and so every loss is a, is a learning experience. What can I do differently? What can I take away from this matchup that I can apply next matchup so that I don't lose as much? Um, and that's definitely, I think, the best way to approach losses. Wait, you you lose? Because I watched Peoria, and I don't think you did. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were some losses at Peoria, Peoria let me tell you. I, um, I had a friend, obviously, I, I'm not going to say who just yet. He's performing in a regional soon. I don't want to give away that, that this individual person gave me the team, but they suggested the team to me. It was similar to something that I was already running, um, and they were like, hey, look, you know, with what you're having trouble with, this team fixes those issues so how about you give this a shot so i tried that team and in the middle of regionals especially the games that you guys didn't see the off-stream games were so ridiculously close like painfully close i messaged him and was like look if you're gonna run this team i just want you to know it is not for the faint of heart like every single game that you play is gonna be a nail biter and you have to play these in games perfectly or it's going to punish you um, and he's an amazing battler. He's going to he's gonna do great with this team, and I look forward to seeing him play it. Nice. Uh, I'm assuming Toronto, most likely? Uh, not Toronto. He'll be, not he'll be Toronto. a little bit before Toronto. He's he's not a, not an NA local. Okay, then I know which regional, and our viewers can figure <laughs> that one out, because there's only there we one more weekend before <laughs> Toronto. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm excited um, to see that. So before, like, I, we start asking you about, like, your experience in Peoria, like, at the regional, mm-hmm. was this your first time in the actual city of Peoria? Yes. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I live in the Deep South. Um, and was this more desolate than what you're used to? <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, okay. so, so for reference, where I live... If I want to do anything fun, I have to drive an hour. Um, okay. So anything is better than that, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so so uh, I actually stayed with a friend uh, around the Indianapolis area. So we didn't spend a whole lot of time in the actual city of Peoria. Um, oh. We drove three hours the day of regional, Saturday morning. Okay. We woke up at like 4 a.m. and drove from Indianapolis to Peoria um and then got there and started the day so so the first day of peoria was three hours of sleep and some caffeine 
I would have never guessed it watching your stream matches that day. Yeah. You luckily, were only very much dialed in. <laughs> um, luckily, I was able to operate pretty well off the sleep. And I think half of that was the adrenaline. The one match that you guys did get to see off, off or on stream was immediately after some battles with Mama Climbs that were, it was the closest to one you could ask for. Um, so it, it definitely had my heart racing and I was, I was very awake by the time I made it on stream day one. Hmm. You know, what's funny. Lyle only got a few hours of sleep in Pittsburgh. Hmm. So maybe there's something about it. I, I hear not getting sleep is, is the way to go. <laughs> Before we dive in there, I, I, I want to back up a little bit. Just, you know, getting mm-hmm. our listeners get a chance to know you. Where, where did your Pokemon journey start? Like, how did you get into Pokemon originally? You know, where, how has that overall journey evolved over time for you? Uh, so if we, if we track all the way back to like main series games, I started with the OG Pokemon yellow, uh, yellow, blue, red. We were playing on Game Boy Colors when they first came out, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, of course, um, but I absolutely loved it. I've still got my, my I think, Game Boy Yellow cartridge. I can see my Game Boy Red cartridge from here. Um, so, you know, I've kept those to this day. And then I played pretty much every main series game. Um, I dropped off for a little while. I, I need to be challenged when I'm doing something, and that's like a really key point. And so, of course, as you get older regular playthroughs through the Pokemon games kind of get a little simpler, a little easier to do. Um, and so then I started picking up um, Nuzlocks. So I started doing a lot of Nuzlocks for the main series games. That's what really pulled me back into the main series uh, a lot more. Um, and then my brother and my mom were playing Pokemon Go. And they reached out to me and were like, hey, you know, you should you should play Pokemon Go with us. You know, you can use this referral code, get some extra rewards. Um, you know, you can start when you see us, we can go do community days and this, that and the other together. So they got me back into into Pokemon Go. I, I installed Pokemon Go when it first came out, played for like two, three weeks, um, running all around our, our little college town, catching everything there was to catch. But there wasn't much to do. So it uh, it trickled off for me pretty quickly. Um and then my my family got me back into it. I needed dust to power things up. That was the whole reason I started playing PvP. I was like, man, I can get Stardust just from doing some battles. Sure, why not? Um, and that got me into PvP just to power some things up. And then I started watching some content creators steadily learn more about battling. Um, and right around that time was when I had uh, phased out of intramurals from college. So I kind of needed something new to put my... my uh, competitive energies into and, uh, and Pokemon go PVP kind of picked that up. And, uh, I hit legend for the first time going on three years ago now, I think it was February of 21. And then as soon as I hit legend, I was like, well, might as well start streaming. If I can hit legend, why not? Um, and then I kind of just really progressed with the game and, and the game has become a pretty big part of my life since then. Yeah. And and you did a rare, rare thing. You didn't, you get first time partner. Like first application, you hit partner. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's partially just because of how long I had been streaming. You know, I had streamed. I think by the time I got partner, I was almost been a year and a half of consistent Pokemon Go streams. And I say consistent, I mean, um, outside of like random short breaks, I was streaming almost every day. Um, and my my audience was a steady increase. So I think a lot of a lot of other creators kind of get flagged because they get these massive increases where they really start to to jump into the community quickly. 
Um, and so it takes a little bit longer for them to get partnered. But I had been steadily growing up to that partnership point um, for a year and a half. So I think when the, when I finally got there, they they were like, okay, I mean, this is steady progress. Um, and we got it first try, which was amazing. I really didn't think we were going to get it that quickly. Um, so literally, the, and this is something I just I, I, I jumped out when you said you started PVPing for dust and now you're going to Hawaii. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I did not start PVP for the sake of PVP and man, am I glad it worked out the way that it did. That's, that's awesome. So the team that you ran here in Peoria, Frostlass, Lantern, Medichan, Superior, Gligar, and Lickitung. Um, so I know that you said that your friend gave you the team, <clears throat> but when you're looking at the team, like you have to be like, if someone gives me a team or like a deck to run, like I look at it and I'm like, okay, why am I running this? Why am I running that? Like, how long were you working with the team to know like certain matchups, you know, what's going to go where, what can tank what? You know, those kind of so, things. So, luckily, most of the mons on this team are are exceptionally meta, right? I, I think it was stated multiple times through the Peoria weekend that five of my six mons, which is everything but Frostlass, were literally the five highest usage mons at Peoria. So, they're very common mons in the Great League. Um, so, a lot of it was kind of just having that familiarity from GBL, more so than anything else. Um, and then when it comes to Frostlass, Frostlass was kind of my core breaker pick. It was something that I felt did really well. Um, I'm on board the Alolan Sandslash is a bad Pokemon in Show 6 train because I feel like anything that has a four-time weakness to a Pokemon that is on every single team is dangerous to bring. Um, and I think there were multiple points in Peoria where I felt like you could see a matchup where Alolan Sandslash ended up aligned to Medi and you lose the game because of it. And so that was my big reasoning behind I had been practicing with the, the Alolan Sandslash and I was like, this just doesn't feel right. Like it's not working for me. I don't, I don't feel confident enough to consistently bring Alolan Sandslash to these matches where I need Alolan Sandslash because there's a Medi. Um, so Frostlash was kind of that solution. It was something that could give me the ice coverage that I needed. Um, it gave me kind of a, a sweeper on a team filled with tanks um, and it, it covered for the rest. And I'd used Frostlash so many times in limited metas through factions and Sylph and so many other things that I was just really, really comfortable already with the Frostlash matchups that bringing it into the open Great League wasn't a huge adjustment for me. Yeah, I think Frostlass is what jumped out on my on your team as well. I I will say Frostlass is something I called out a few weeks, like literally after the first regional. I was like, Frostlass seems to be able to core break a lot of what we're seeing. And yet it still never picked up that popularity. And, and oh, you just, you know, it wins a regional. And what happens at the very next, re it jumps up from not top 12 to 21% usage. Yeah, it's it's good. People are starting to see it. And people are also starting to counter it, right? We saw a lot more Umbreon usage coming in at, at Sacramento mm -hmm. as well. Um, being able to core break that that Licky Frostlass that I ran pretty consistently. Um, so so I do think that it's it's on people's radar now, to say the very least. So do you think because Umbreon is picking up in popularity, Licky's picking up in popularity, do you, I know you ran Psychic on your mini. Do you mm -hmm. think with the way the meta has shifted, do you think Dynamic Punch may be the way to start moving towards? Um, I think it comes down to personal preference for the most point. So 
the major thing for me was Medicham mirrors felt more comfortable with Psychic. And you very regularly end up in those Medicham mirrors. Um, and especially knowing that I was bringing Frostlass in case I saw any other Frostlasses, that Psychic was nice. Like, there were a few of my matchups, especially the ones that ended up on stream, where I was able to bring in either my Medi or Frost to an opposing Medi. And I don't have to shield anything, right? It's Ice Punch, Dynamic Punch. I'm not worried about anything. I'm in a fine position. My Medi now becomes an answer for opposing Medis. I know there's, of course, Medi Slayers that can go straight Ice Punch and do okay. But even then, now your Medi's low, dry, and farmable for my Frostlass or whatever else I have. And, you know, and if Frostlass has an energy lead, we all know how well Frostlass can do. So the Psychic felt like it just picked up the matchups that I needed it to. Um, I already felt like I would be okay in the Lickitung matchup, matchup if I got into it. Um, there were a handful of the Umbreon matchups where once I get the Umbreon out of the way, nine times out of ten, my Frostlass with energy is in good shape. Even if there's a Licky on the team, you know, Licky doesn't necessarily want to take an Avalanche. Um, you can win the zeros with Frostlass into Lickitung. So Frostlass just has a lot of play once that Umbreon's out of the way. So if I do end up with Medi on Umbreon, I don't have to win that matchup. Like, it's okay to soft lose that, come out with energy on something else, just get that Umbreon out of the way um, and set the rest of my team up for success that way. He's on mute. Um, so why he's on mute... Uh, Damn it, every time! <laughs> how, how long did you practice with this team before before you felt comfortable and confident enough to register it? And at any point between friday and saturday did you question or think about changing something or you just kind of stuck with it and wrote it out the whole way oh every step of the way um i have been notorious at all of my regionals to stare at my team all the way up until that deadline submission and question whether or not i'm making the right decision um but Realistically, I did not get nearly enough practice with this team going into the meta. Uh, I found out on Wednesday that I was going to the regionals. Um, I originally couldn't make it because of, of you know, some travel issues. Um, and a very, very generous friend of mine reached out, uh, solved those issues. And I found out Wednesday afternoon that I was going to regional Saturday. Um, so I was like, well, time to cram weeks of prep into two days and see what we can do. Um, and the first Wednesday and Thursday, I practiced with a, a team that I was running before this. Um, I kept varying it up. I even talked to Lyle um, for some team ideas, told him what wasn't working for me and why, why it wasn't quite feeling right. Lyle helped me make some adjustments, and I still just couldn't quite get it down. Um, so I had been scrimming with, with this other friend um, who recommended me the team. And I was like, you know, I don't know what it is, but this just isn't clicking. And he was like, well... I've been having great success with my team. I think you should give it a shot and just see how it goes. And I think between Thursday night and Saturday morning, I did three total scrims with the team. I dropped one point in those three scrims, and I was like, you know what? It feels good enough. I'm comfortable with these mons. I'm going to stop second-guessing myself, and we're just going to throw it in, try and win a game, and see what happens. And, uh, and it worked out. Yeah, that, that actually mirrors my uh, my Fort Wayne experience a lot. I literally, because, you know, last season you had to lock it in midnight the night before. Mm. 11.59 p.m., I'm ta- sitting in the in the room with Lyles. It's like, I don't know whether to do Umbreon or Lantern. Umbreon or Lantern. He's like, just do Umbreon. You won't regret it. <laughs> and literally, I think I only didn't bring Umbreon one match the entire day. And I'm like, okay, this worked out so well. 
But now moving into Sacramento, I assume you got to watch a little bit of the coverage. Did you see what the actual top 12 for Sacramento was? I did not see the full top 12. Okay, so day one top 12, Sableye and Charizard at 17.3, Frostlass at 21, uh, Reggie still at a 24% usage, taking a big tumble, uh, Swampert at 27, 32, still 32% a little in Sandslash, which I agree with you, I don't like in the meta. Umbreon at 38, Gligar 42, Lantern 43, Superior at 43, Licky at 58, and of course, Medi number one. Anything on that list kind of jump out at you as something you didn't expect to see kind of in that top 12? Um, I guess the Sableye surprises me, to be honest. I mean, everyone likes Shadow Charizard. Shadow Charizard is another kind of like Frost last pick, right? Where if you can get yourself in a position where you can get farmed, you can get shields, uh, even those bad matchups become not so bad. Um, and I think that's always a great thing to have on your team. But with the amount of, of bulky and normal or Umbreon kind of mons running around the meta, I would not have expected Sableye to be as relevant as it is. But I guess if everyone expected an uptick of Frostlass after Peoria, and of course with Medi being Medi, um, and Medi being more more heavily on uh, on the dynamic punch set, being able to have a ghost that punishes it, of course Sableye doesn't really care about the... Uh, the sidekick either, but having a ghost to punish that is, is really, really nice. So I can see where it would have some relevance. Anything in that or anything that isn't in the top 12 that you think, if you looking at the top 12 and looking at, you know, the meta right now, that might be something to consider that could kind of shift what we're seeing a little bit. What's that out of the top 12 spice pick that could actually do really well. So my big thinking right now is I think Scrafty or Obstagoon look very good. Yes, you still have to worry about the meta jam, but realistically, the Charmers have been pushed out of the meta pretty significantly. Even when you do see Alolan Ninetales now, most of the time it's on Powder Snow. Um, and there just aren't a lot of... There are targets for Charm, but there's a lot of counters for the Charm. Most teams have a Steel type. Most teams have... You know, like my team was five tanks. So even if I see Charm, it's not going to be able to Charm through my whole team. Um, so I was thinking that maybe Scrafty coming along to core break the Umbreon, Licky, uh, a lot of those, those neutral mons that were picking up steam. Yes, you have to worry about the meta cham, but even then, if you can get some energy, you can chunk some foul plays, do some chip, and it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I think Obstagoon's a little bit more dangerous with, again, we talked about kind of the four-time weakness to counter not being amazing. But uh, Scrafty has kind of been the, the thing that stuck out to me so far that I think might be able to make an appearance. I mean, it beats 10 out of the top 12. Uh, yeah. Uh, eh, nine out of the top 12. I, mm-hmm. That that Gligar matchup's very close, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Very close on the Gligar matchup. But, yeah, I, I like Scrafty. I think that might be, a, if you're looking and you don't want to run the Medi, because you can't run Medi and Scrafty together. Mm. But if you don't want to run the Medi and you want, you got to have that counter damage somewhere, I think Scrafty's a great plug-in. Absolutely. I also think I think Chargebug is going to be a fun pick. I think Chargebug has a lot of targets in the meta. We're not seeing a lot of ground types. Yes, Swampert's around a little bit, but with GFIS being pushed out um, and Swampert going down to two X-Scissors anyway. I was going to say, did you yourself. see how much an X-Scissor does the Swampert? In yeah, that, that X-Scissor hits. And, and uh, I think it can survive. Can it, it just survives two pumps as well, or cannons, doesn't it? I think from the IV dependent. 
I, I think yeah. it depends. I, I think non-shadow it survives too. Yeah. Um, shadow Swampert takes it out in two. Um, yeah, but and you just you paste the moves so quick. Your moves hit so much of the meta for for super effective or neutral. Your worst matchups are Gligar, and realistically, you can get the Gligar pretty low for nothing but resisted charge moves. So I think charge bug is going to be another thing that that could be a potential core breaker to to come into the meta. That stupid little school bus. Yeah. <laughs> so did you get a chance to watch, and I assume you've seen Elite 1, of course. Yep. Just very much like your day two run. Just looks so locked in mm. that even when his battles were close, they didn't feel like they were close. Yeah. Like, that's what I remember watching on day two. And I know it's probably very different sitting in the chair, <laughs> but like watching it and seeing everything that's happening and seeing all the available Pokemon. I'm looking at these matches, I was like, there's no way... King Al's going to lose this. Like he's so <laughs> dominant over his opponent right now, and he doesn't know that. But watching it, watching Elite, it felt the same way. I'm looking at this. I was like, I think he could put his phone down, make a sandwich, and pick it back up, and still win the battle. Like yeah. it was that one sided on a lot of his battles. But I don't. Have you? Did you notice his team? Did you notice literally five of the six are the exact same thing you had? Yeah, I was actually just looking at the one thing he changes is is Licky for Umbreon, which is, you know, a very similar role from both. Um, so I, I think there's going to be some counters coming to this team in the near future, to say the very least. It's going to be like, what was it, Toronto last year when uh, Baller and Mason had the exact same team at the finals? And like the next regional, it was hard counter this team. Yep. That, that's I, their only goal is to hard counter this team. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that someone's going to have some spice coming. I know that uh, the Guzzlord came through from from Bopper as well. Bopper, I was talking with him a bit during, and, and he messaged me and was like, thanks for running a team week to Guzzlord. Um, you know, and he got to use the Guzzlord a ton. So, so I expect to see some picks like that start to make their way in. And, and really, the team's won two regionals in a row at this point. I'm sure come Toronto, there's going to be an answer to this team. Yeah, and, and looking at day two's overall uses percentage, second tournament in a row, Medi 100% day two usage. What do we do about it? Like, what what do you do about Medi being overly utilized? Like, this is worse than it's ever been. Lock, Knockdown, Lantern, Walrein, Trevenant, they, they were never this bad. Mm-hmm. Like, that every single team relies on it. Is there, do we think, do you think we just have to keep dealing with it? Or do you think there's something we can do to shift up the meta to make it many, not so hard right now? I think we hope Claude Sire comes out as is. I think that's our saving grace. Um, Claude Sire is going to beat a lot of things in this meta. I mean, I think it beats pretty much my entire regionals team, not named Frostlass. Um, and it and- gets Frostlass low. Yeah, and it does well <laughs> against the Frost. Um, yeah. But realistically, I mean, Medi's just the best Pokemon in the meta by by a mile. Um, and with the only real answer to Medicham being Ghosts, and the ease of pairing Medicham with a Licky or Umbreon that's going to dominate majority of the Ghosts, it's just really difficult to successfully bring something that can stop a Medicham. Astro, did you just go put a jacket on? I did. What temperature is it currently quick. in Florida? We got, we got a cold front come that's that's here. It's like what is the current temperature, sir? <laughs> uh, well, when I woke up this morning, it was sixty-two. It is sixty-six degrees outside right now. That's cold for me. As someone for the south, I can confirm sixty-six is not warm at all. 
<laughs> I'm in a it's sweatshirt, not, not. and it's probably about 66 here, too. Yeah. It's currently in the 50s in Lexington. I hate you so much. But then again, your state tried to murder me for the second year in a row. So, <laughs> to be fair, we have to deal with the heat. I, I've had the, we were talking, especially with people from the UK. You know, they don't have quite as much um, AC because they don't need it nearly as much mm-hmm. as we do. And he was talking to me about this awful heat front that he had, um, and about his phone kept overheating, and it was 80 <laughs> degrees. And I'm sitting here in 110 degree weather, like that's rough. Yep. That's yep. right. Oh, that, that, that 105 degree heat index is real. Rough. See, that's the problem in Lexington. We get both extremes. Mm. It can get down to you know negative 20s and get up to 110 in the summer. It can be rough on both ends of it. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of things that are rough on both ends, Lantern sitting at the top end of that meta still. Uh, Licky, Gligar, Umbreon, Sableye, Frostlass. Registeel, Superior, Alolan Sandslash, Charizard, and Guzzlord in the top 12. Thank you, Bopper. I, Bopper's team in general was interesting to me. He had the Guzzlord, but he was running double dark. Just, well, actually, I mean, let's just be frank. Triple weak to charm. Mm-hmm. He ran a triple weak to charm team and made it to the finals. Yeah, and I think that comes down to kind of what we were talking about earlier, right? The Charmers have just been pushed out of the show six meta, um, especially when you have to have your moveset locked in before you see anything else. Charm just hasn't had as many targets, and it's got those polarizing matchups against things like the Registeel, like the Alolan Sandslash that you expect pretty much every team to have, that it's it's punishing to bring a Charmer now, and, and Bopper recognized that and capitalized on it. So do you think, if I'm looking at this top 12 for day two here, could Charm Tales come back? Shadow Charm come back in this meta and just do really, really well? It could, but again, I still think there's just, there's so many punishes, right? We've got the um, Alolan Sandslash. You've got the Registeel. You've got a Shadow Charizard up there. Not to mention the well, tanks. Shadow Charizard, if you, you can shield, I think, once or twice and get and Charm all the way down to Shadow Charizard, depending upon IVs. Yeah, but now you're coming down, you know, two yeah. shield charm, and and now what do you do against a Medi that might be but, hanging out in back, or yeah. the Licky that's going to tank through you, or um, I, I think it has it has targets, right? It definitely has play. I think it's just one of those mons that is very easily punished, kind it of is, like the Alolan Sandslash. It's almost like a high risk, high reward. If you bring it in Toronto and the meta doesn't shift much, you've got a monster on your hands. That's true. Yeah, if you if you're able to kind of play the the mind games as well, right, which yeah. is a big part of it, um, and you can kind of pressure your opponent away from their steel type with with your lines, um, then that that charm tails could potentially run wild. And I think a lot of people are safe switching, especially if if people pivot away from the Lickian into the Umbreon uh, as a way to deal with some of the the meta that we're seeing right now. I think that that really ups the. Uh, the benefit of Ninetales and back because Umbreon would be the safe swap on a lot of teams. Um, and you can really, really punish an Umbreon safe swap. Yeah. So do you do anything with TCG or VGC at all? Um, I've done a little bit of VGC. I haven't really gotten into TCG yet. I've done some card collecting and I've played some, uh, some TCG live a little bit, but not a ton. Well, I know Astro has spent a lot of time this year diving into <laughs> TCG, and he's, he's really become our TCG. 
I won't say expert on the show yet. No. We're still all learning, but he's yeah. definitely getting to become the winner. Unless yeah. it was a tournament we ran in our Discord. We won't talk <laughs> yeah, about well, that. Well, you know, those those are different. I mean, it's it's <laughs> I go what two two in our tournament online, and then um last week I go to uh challenge and come in fourth place at a twenty one people. Nice. So um, he's on the board, people. He has points for I got play. Points. I got ten points. I'm like rank four thousand something, but <laughs> It's there. He's making progress. Yeah. And then I so got Astro, a how, how this was, weekend. How did TCG go this weekend? I, I oh didn't get to watch any gosh. of the TCG coverage. So TCG coverage was... There was actual moments of certain matches that, like, I was yelling at my TV. <laughs> um... So it was. It was actually. It was. It was a little less players than uh, Pittsburgh and P. Um, Pittsburgh and Peoria, um, but it was. I think the competition was a little. I want to say easier for those who didn't compete in Peoria, because you only have like a week between. It was only a week between Peoria and then Sacramento. So if you were playing in Peoria, you really didn't have time to like try and figure out a new deck or like practice with a new deck and feel confident going into the next weekend. So I know like most of the people that, you know, I follow were running the same deck that they ran in Peoria in Sacramento. So I think some of the people that were only going to Sacramento had a little bit of an advantage because they could probably metagame a little easier knowing that there was a good chunk of what was happening in Peoria that's just going to move right over to Sacramento. Um, Day one, 14%. So it looks like there was 4,020 masters, um, which is... What is that for like 200, like about 200 less than Peoria and Pittsburgh? Um, I'm guessing it's just because of where it is. I don't know. I don't He's on mute again. So mother of pearl. <laughs> um, I, I know back at the back weekends is really hard for a lot of trainers. I know yeah. um, big shout out to I know, Swallow in our discord made his first ever top, top eight for um, go okay. and did a back to back weekend. Yeah. So I know that played in, I think pocket mentioned that he wanted to go, but just couldn't because of the back-to-back weekend thing. So I do think it, I don't like them putting North America back to back. I think there should always be a break week between each North America. Like how they're doing Sacramento break week, Toronto, I think just flows a little better. Yeah. We have enough time to run every two a month and not have to do three and four a month. Yeah. Um, so out of those, um, fourth, 1400 players, 14% of those decks were made up of lost box. Um, so that's like 204 decks, uh, tied with that was Charizard. So, uh, the way I'll explain Lockbox to you, think of it as like Licky, Umbreon, DD as a team. Okay. It's just to make the game as long as possible. It's gotcha. long as possible, but you still have to know how to navigate it, or you deck out. 
<laughs> okay, so, so is your win con decking your opponent? Uh, no, your win con. So, um, it has a count. Uh, you have a lost zone, and you have certain cards in your deck that are activated from how many cards you get in your lost zone. So, your first number that you want to hit is four. So, you want to get four cards in your lost zone because that gives Cramorant. Um, it unlocks its ability if there's four cards in the lost zone. It doesn't need any energy to do its attack. Oh. And it's 110. So it does 110 damage. It's a one prize card. And it doesn't require energy. Wow. Yeah. So that's the first one. Then your next number is seven. Um, seven is for Mirage Gate. So what Mirage Gate does is it lets you go into your deck and grab two energy of different types and put it onto any Pokemon in any way you want that's on your bench or active. Mm -hmm. um, which is really good because you're running Radiant Greninja, which uses water. Some decks are running Dragonite, which is water and electric energy. Um, so being able to go in and grab that and move things around like really quick um, is, is key. And then the next one is 10. Um, so you get 10, and that activates the Sableye card. So Sableye has a Lost Mine um, attack, which when you have 10 cards in your Lost Zone, it can put up to 120, so it says 12 damage counters, which is 120, on any Pokemon in any way you want. So you can spread that 120 across the board. Okay. So certain things like... If you're playing a mirror match, like some of these um, cards are very low HP. They're like 70, 60, even Charizard. Like Charizard has to put out Charmander and Pidgey in order to get the deck running. Matthew, and clip the Charizard has to put out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, both of those Pokemon most of the time are 60 HP. So if you can get your Sableye going within like the first two turns and they can't get things evolved fast enough, you can literally take out two cards with one shot. Wow. So it's a very it's a very good deck. This is now um the second regional in a row. Oh no. This was uh we had two regionals in a row where Lost Box won. This is the first one out of the last three. That Lost Box hasn't won. Okay. Um, so it's it's a very good deck. It's just a very technical deck. Um, everyone says when you're ready to take the next step in TCG, start learning Lost Lost Box because there's so many things you're you're discarding. You're putting cards in Lost Zone, and like I've played with it on live, and next thing you know, you think you got cards, and you got like two cards left. <laughs> and you're like okay well i lose <laughs> yeah um so charizard came in at 14 percent as well um just a little less than um as far as deck numbers is 196 maridon came in at 13 percent gardevoir 12 percent uh chimpow 11 and all the way at eight percent lugia archaeops hmm Someone's been talking about Lugia for like two weeks Is this the colorless now. Lugia? Pretty much everything was colorless Lugia. There was like maybe a few. 
Um, but actually, Colorless Lugia was the deck that I got fourth place in with in the in the challenge that I did. You're a bad person. Oh. <laughs> it's also the deck that I'll use. I'll probably use uh, for my cup this weekend. Um, so day one was a typical day one. Like you got your big, bigger names that come on stream, things like that. Nothing really crazy in day one. Day two, it goes, um, you got 146 trainers, um, left in day two, which is still a whole lot. It's like, like doing a go regional, and then doing a TCG regional, because I've done both, it's like night and day. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> it's you're so exhausted at the end of it. <laughs> uh so um the deck analysis here, 22% was lost zone box day two. Charizard dropped down to 12, Gardevoir 11, Chin Pao 10, Maridon 8, and then Lugia at 8. Um so it was if if you ever want to watch like an exciting TCG match, which is very hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's unless you're into it, it's very hard to say it's exciting. Um it was between um Nicolo 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 uh who ended up coming in second. And I believe it was Charlie Kerr, which came in sixth. And there was just like one where literally all he had to do was attach an energy to his Gyarados V and do the attack before, like, and then evolve it the next turn. And he would have won the game. Everyone is yelling. Like the announcers are <laughs> yelling. Like <laughs> it's uh what is it called? It's called get angry, the the attack. So when it has damage on it, it does more it outputs more damage. Okay. Uh so it was gonna do roughly about four hundred damage to a Lugia V Star, which only has two hundred and eighty HP. <laughs> uh everyone's yelling at him. Like Get angry, get angry, everyone. And it's like, I'm yelling at my TV, you can hear, and he evolves it. Oh. And the VMAX doesn't do enough. The de- the the attack doesn't do enough to knock out the Lugia. Um, so it gave his opponent an extra turn, which turned into it coming down to like from like I think it was like a six two to a like two two. Because wow. he was able to knock out two more cards, um, you know, within the, those extra turns that he got. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was crazy. But um, I think the most exciting thing about Sacramento was the winners of it. Um, the winner is Alexander Flatos, uh, who was running a colorless Lugia. Um, very similar um, to, like, the build that I run, the only difference is, is I don't use Weird Ear. Um, and he has Weird Ear in his. Um, but uh, so he came in first, and then Nicolo, Nic- Niccolo, Niccolo, uh, mm-hmm. came in second with um, an Archeops, or not uh, Archeops, uh, Arceus deck. 
which if you listen to TCG podcasts, everyone says RCS decks are trash. They're trash. <laughs> like, no, you don't run R- RCS, nothing. Mm. He comes in with RCS slacking V and Gyarados V and VMAX. And just, I, he lost two game, two matches, the uh, three, I think three, he ended up losing three total out of the whole thing. Wow. Um, both players, first time ever competing in regionals. Mm. Wow. Yep. Uh, the, the guy who ended up winning Alexander actually knocked out uh, Azul, who is a former world champion. Wow. That must feel good. That that reminds me a lot of Peoria. Like Peoria Day 2 was for the most part folks that haven't competed in a ton of regionals. Mm-hmm. They're folks that you know. Like, I know King Al. I know he's good. I know the battlers, but they haven't been in the play scene really mm-hmm. a lot compared to a lot of the other names we're used to seeing. And I think that maybe where the championship points thing actually helps this year. Because now you're more encouraged to go to more regional, so you may actually see names popping up a little more often that you're not used to seeing. Now, I, I do think you're still going to see some names popping up all over the world. Not looking at you, Buckeye, going to <laughs> Latin America internationals. Um, actually, good for you. Enjoy Rio. Uh, I'm very jealous right now. That's the only I reason wish, I'm throwing shade at you. I wish I could go. I wish I could go to Rio. I've always wanted to go. But you're going to see some of that happening, but you're also going to see newer names pop up and at least if you win you still get the one and done treatment Mm -hmm. so that was my biggest fear was that with them removing the top two qualifying is that you lose that weekend excitement i still think you've lost it a little bit but you've also made the grand finals mean something more right yeah so it's the double-edged sword there uh i know watching vgc this weekend um the top 12 isn't super different than what we saw last week. Uh, King Gambit, Chiyu, Chin Pao, Heatran, Urshifu, Rillaboom. Uh, I'm going to actually get the names right this time. Hearth Flame Ogre Pond and Wellspring Ogre Pond, both in the top 12. They're such uh, cool looking Pokemon. Huh? Pokemon. Oh, God. They, and when they terrestrialize and that mask, it's massive. <laughs> oh, it's so nice. It's awesome. Um, Fluttermane, Therian Landorus, and Iron Hands being the big ones on day one. Day two, pretty much the exact same top 12, except Chiyu falls out and Dragonite making top or making top 12, which is a hmm. kind of rare thing to see. But is that because it just it has it always been available, or is it this part of like the DLC that just happened? It, it was available for it was available. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. normal Terra it's just not, extreme speed has been a thing for yeah a while now. Okay. In the current meta, it's just not as good. Typically, uh, you have a lot of a lot of stuff out there that can counter it really easy. But when I'm looking at the top two, so finals were Michael Zhang versus Riley Fractra or Factra. Um, Riley was running the King Gambit, the Among Us, the uh, Urshifu, the Dragonite. There's your Dragonite for the top 12. Mm-hmm. Um, Chin Pao and the Hearth Flame. Or, is it Hearth Flame? Yeah, Hearth Flame 
Ogre Pond. So very meta team. Dragonite's a little bit of spice there, but the rest of those are things we're used to seeing. Michael Zang. Holy spice. Iron Bundle. Oh, wow. Hasuian Arcanine. Tyranitar. This um, one is cool. <laughs> Jangmo-O. <laughs> yep. Rillaboom and Fluttermane. Wait, was it All, Jangmo or... or Como. Como. Sorry, yeah, okay. like final. Final, sorry. Um... All four matches ran the exact same team. Or all three matches, I mean, ran the exact same team. And just demolished Riley. It was, came out with the perfect thing. So Riley's really heavily leveraging Chin Pao for his damage output. Mm -hmm. So what does Michael do? His um, Hasumi Arcanine is actually a support Pokemon. It's Intimidate. Mm. And Will-O-Wisp. Mm. So game one, he just comes out and Will-O-Wisps the Chin Pao. Um, he actually gives a boost to King Gambit. Because King Gambit's a defiant Pokemon. Meaning if you lower its attack, it actually raises its stats. Instead yeah. of lowers it. So, but he's running the Fighting Dragon. And, you know, what did King Al say earlier about Pokemon that have quad weaknesses? Yeah, yeah that, that's not the good. King Gambit went down to a single body press. And at that point, with King Gambit out and Chin Pao neutralized as far as damage output, he was just free to start setting up and running iron defenses to boost his body press. Mm-hmm. He was he was body pressing an Amoongus for KOs. <laughs> wow. Like, that's how much he was able to set up. And this, the other games went just almost the exact same. Like, just absolute masterclass in how to play that line and neutralize the heavy damage Chin Pao. What was really insane was the, what it ended up coming down to, final game, the ice-type Chin Pao that has been terrestrialized into a ghost, so you've removed the body press capabilities, mm-hmm. against the Jangmo. Or Komo, sorry. Mm-hmm. He brought in his T-Tar, knowing it was going to go down in one hit to Sacred Sword, just to set up Stand or Sandstorm to be able to then, because he's running leftovers, protect a turn, get a little bit of Sandstorm chip on Chin, then throw and an Iron all. Head, then protect Iron Head, protect until the Sandstorm ran out, and just was able to outlast him. Mm-hmm. And it came down to if Riley had got a crit maybe it flips the game but because of that little bit of chip damage even though he wasn't able to hit super effectively because that ghost terra type was still able to whittle down the chin pal while taking super effective um ice spin moves Mm -hmm. so really fun finals uh very much like go one side is one side it could get unfortunately but it it was exciting in the fact of just seeing how well michael played it and made the reads mm-hmm. and that's a that's a skill that actually plays a part in my opinion in all three competitive formats mm-hmm. being able to team read deck read and go up and say i'm setting up this way to counter what my opponent's going to do how many times have we watched a go match come down to oh he put this on this, this on this, this on this, or she put this on this, this and this and this and this. Game over. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. wait, it lagged a turn. Let's have a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I didn't say that, did I? Uh, but yeah, I, that same thing applies to VGC. The mm-hmm. same thing can apply to TCG. If you can get set up, the game's over before you go, but that's still exciting to see because that's a skill to set up quickly and to team read your opponent that way. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I've been able to translate learning from playing Go and, you know, doing the podcast with you and Dino, like, and hearing the things like learning win cons like you have to know when you obviously in go it's you have to know your win con much faster <laughs> than in tcg um but you like that's very important that translates over as well um <clears throat> knowing what to sacrifice sometimes you have to just give up a, one card just because you need to get it out of your bench so that it doesn't get pulled up later in the game and get knocked out for for a win for your opponent. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's a lot of things like that, like knowing like uh, what is Dino calls it a sacrifice swap or uh, what is it? Sack swap? Sack swap. Sack swap. Sack swap. Um, it's kind of similar to that, you know, mm-hmm. like those kind of things. So it's it's cool seeing how even though that's three totally different games, there's still like, just like that core, I guess, gaming aspect that just kind of translate, you know, through all of it. Uh, the only difference is, is go has to know Pokemon a hundred times more <laughs> than anybody <laughs> in TCG. Like most of these people don't know what things evolve from like what a middle stage evolution is. Cause you have rare candy. You could just go straight from basic to stage two. Yeah. Like go has to know, like we have to, you know, you got to know your typings. You got to know what's weak to what, like it doesn't really like that. Like, yes, it'll matter. Like if you have a flying Pokemon against like an electric Pokemon, but it's very rare, like where weaknesses come in. Um, like you're not building a deck to counter, you know, to go against certain weaknesses because every deck can be a mix of everything. Yeah. Um, so I would say, and I hear it all the time from like the TCG casters, like they'll say things like, oh, goes over there just tapping away. And in my head, I'm like, and people say that like when I go to like these competitions or, you know, whatever, and I'm like, oh yeah, I do a, a podcast for Pokemon Go, you know, and they're like, oh, for Go? <laughs> and they're like, isn't it, like, how do you just talk about tapping the screen for, for an hour? And I'm like, there's so much more to it, and it's so much faster that, like, like, I personally think, even though, like, when you watch it, if you walk by and watch, you just see people literally tapping on their phone, but I think out of the three, it's the hardest game to learn. And it's the hardest game to, like, master. I'm torn there. I don't know if it's necessarily the hardest. It, I think VGC may be the hardest because it is so complex. Is that because of the addition of held items and stuff like that? Held items, abilities, and just the fact that you're literally in the sometimes putting things in, in VGC into a dice roll 
if you get a high roll on this damage, you win the game. If you get low roll, you're going to lose. If you, well, I will crit- say sometimes sometimes that'll come up and go to right. You've got the debuff the chances, the buff yeah. chances, you know, but uh, not to the extent that that VGC. Which I think that's actually it. something. Now that you mentioned, I think that's something that's coming to play less this season. I feel like not many people are running potential buff and debuff moves now. It feels like they're not nearly as popular as they were in the first and through the first half of the second season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think when we talked about our top twelve, there's what just. Registeel, if you don't count Pup Medi, which no one's running Pup Medi. Or, really. you know, that random 5% psychic hitting a debuff that never actually happens. That's or true, the, yeah. Well, you get, you probably get the Night Slash boost off of Gligar more than you get. You don't, uh, Gligar doesn't run Night Slash. It's Dig um, oh. Aerial Ace. Oh. Yep. yep. I so that's run, what I'm saying. I still run Season slash. one, <laughs> season one and season two, 100% Night Slash would have been the move, the move choice. Because people were chasing those boosts. And we saw a few matches in those early seasons flip because of those boosts to where I feel like people now have realized, do I want to gamble or do I want to win the battle? Well, yeah. now that Frostlass is getting a little more popular, wouldn't it make more sense to run Night Slash? Dig demolishes a Frostlass. It does really? like 65, I think, percent thereabouts. For the shadow. If you're non-shadow, it takes a little bit more than two digs to KO. Yeah. That came up in, in one of my matches. Okay. Um, I've only so dealt with the shadow version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but realistically, like, even if Frostlash is becoming viable, having Night Slash isn't going to flip that matchup for you. One mm-hmm. Avalanche is going to destroy you regardless. You probably need two, maybe three night slashes to get through a frost slash and what you lose from the aerial ace pressure just isn't worth the trade-off okay so even with the non-shadow a dig does 46 percent mm-hmm. so with the wing attacks two is enough but you're not yep. getting to two unless you're double shielding yep. and hoping they have no shields because that's Honestly, the only I think way. even if even if you two shield you might get farmed down before you reach two digs it's close and i think i think you just get to the last one gotcha Nope, nope, actually, you're right. You come up one wing attack short. Oh. So you need, yeah. I'm looking at the energy right now. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, you're one short. That's I was wondering Because I was wondering why PV Poke had him throw a double aerial ace mm. versus double, because you come up one short. Gotcha. Um, speaking of, you know, we, we talked about how all these are similar. This actually leads into a, gr- a great review we got this week from Kittens and High Five. Uh, this is hands down the best show you're going to find for PvP, TCG, and VGC. The boys have a natural rhythm and are obviously familiar with moves, etc. Show can be hilarious hilarious and witty. Plus, it's family friendly. That's news to me. Uh, I've been <laughs> listening for over three years now, and I don't see myself stopping anytime. And the title was the best PvP show you'll ever find. Thank you, kittens. That means a lot. Like I said, whether it is positive feedback or negative feedback, we're going to read it. We've, we've proven <laughs> that out because we got our first negative review a few weeks ago. And we still read it. Have, have, yep. have you got any more comments on Spotify episodes, or have you not had a chance to check lately? Uh, I haven't. I didn't. I totally forgot to check it this week. Um, but um, I like the uh, the witty part. Those must be the days that I'm not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of witty things, are you ready to have a party? Okay, explain this to me because I just like I saw you guys. Like Matt, I'm like, oh. 
do we have like a lot of news? Because I would really just like to like sit down and just get to know King Al and just like have a good like discussion about like that kind of stuff instead of like having to deal with like you know something broke in the game or something else. <laughs> <It's fun. laughs> Where's my sound effect? It, it it's broke. Party play is already broke. It has its own known issues page. Okay, what is party play? <laughs> it sounds so, like something I want nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids want something to do with that, I bet. Okay. Because haven't you ever been walking around the map and felt lonely? No. Because there's nothing else on the map but one person and a bunch of Pokemon? No. Those Pokemon are all I need, let's be honest. That's yet. Yeah, I mean... Well, I mean, there's no one else that lives around you anyways, King Al. So this I picture played, is not for you. Fair enough. Problem number one for this feature. Um, <laughs> I enjoy playing by myself. It's the yeah. interaction part of the game I don't like. <laughs> so, so, so this allows you to um, squad up with you and three of your favorite people where you can see each other on your map as long as you're actually, you know, able to touch each other's cheeks. And it works. Otherwise, you won't have community today like New Zealand because it broke it. But what this feature allows you to do is squat up and complete challenges with you and your friends. Um, one of the things that Zoe found out trying it out with her husband, um, a, a party can only last for one hour. You are not allowed to party for more than an hour. But there's no warning that the party is about to end. And let's say you're at 19 excellent throws as your challenge out of 20. And that party ends. Guess what? You don't get credit for. Wow. That's the entire feature. You squat up and do challenges together and can see each other on the map. I f- I'm I'm waiting for like the what is it World Star videos of Pokemon Go with this <laughs> like people just getting pissed off at the other people in their party like and you do get some rewards like berries and 500 of stardust don't you get more from the stupid balloon that comes to your house <laughs> you get some rewards like berries and 500 stardust i just don't these are the things i don't understand about this game is why do you why are they continuously adding things to something that's already that's still broken like shouldn't you fix everything and have a game that runs smoothly before it's like they're putting what is the uh the saying putting lipstick on a pig like they're just trying to add more features to it to get you to overlook all the things that are wrong with the game but the problem is is the things that they're trying to add to the game are broken as well oh wait you can get pokeballs that that makes this better right <laughs> But you know you gotta have someone else to play this feature with. No, by the way, there's gonna be a research in the store in, in your game now that you have to actually compete. Like I think almost a, let me see. I had to actually look. At, I think it's like almost a hundred challenges. Is that the one for the master ball? Is that gonna no. be, or is this gonna be its own separate thing? This is its own separate okay. one. So I'll close and that you have one to, so for I the first step. It. You complete ten. Yeah, it's a hundred challenges. So you have to complete ten, then thirty, thirty, and thirty challenges. 
And you know what? The, you listen to these rewards. You ready? You can get an Eevee and an Eevee t-shirt. <laughs> of a Porion and of a Porion t-shirt. Guess what the next one is? A Jolteon with a Jolteon t-shirt. But wait, Asher, there's more. You get a Please shot at a chocolate know. bunny. And a Lola Naraichu. Oh, I, see, okay. I pulled them back in. I pulled them in. <laughs> and then for the final step, guess what you're going to get, Astro? A Flareon and a Flareon t-shirt. But you also may get a shiny Alola Marowak. I've got like two of those, so I'm okay. Uh, step two, you get a Lapras. Step one, you get a Chansey. I don't think I have a, sh- a shiny Lapras. Well, you could get one from this challenge. You there just you need to complete 40 party challenges. Come on, you take you and your kids go out. King Al and a stranger that he can meet 600 would, miles away from his house, maybe, it eventually. It would be fine if my kids played that much anymore. Mm-hmm. I think the only time they play now is when you guys are streaming and they ask you to do raids with them. <laughs> <laughs> At least they watch us stream. <laughs> hey, I watch it. <laughs> But yeah, that that's the party feature. It has no relevance to PvP. Um, the one thing I will note: one of the challenges was to win two raids. But because you're doing it with with the person with you, you each get credit for one raid, which counts as two. Oh, so it's actually a really easy challenge to knock off. See, it's one of those. This feels like one of those features that, in theory, and as long as it's working well, is nice because it just rewards you for what you're already doing. And if you're not already doing it, then it doesn't hurt you any but with all of the issues that it's had it's just not worth attempting yet yeah the fact that it actually broke uh timber community day for trainers in new zealand mm-hmm. poor beta testers yeah like, and they don't even get I, I paid feel for it <laughs> Speak, speaking of did you did you do timber community day who either of you who <laughs> i did some um not as much as I should have, considering it was a three times dust community day. I didn't realize until like the last hour. Um, so I did about an hour, hour and a half of timber community day. But we'll take it. I was finally let out of my house. So I, I, my, I, my wife's like, yeah, you can go. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I'm out of house arrest. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not going to see anyone or talk. Like, I, I won't talk face to face with anyone because, you know, still in the, you know, that time period where you shouldn't be doing that. But mm-hmm. God, Tuesday after we recorded Monday night, I thought I was dying Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Astro thought I died on, on recording night when my head was exploding. Oh, yeah. goodness. Oh, um, God. I opened the game. I checked all my house spawns to see if any of them were shiny. They weren't. I closed the game. 30 minutes later, or 30 or 45 minutes later, I opened it up again. Checked all my house spawns. Nothing. Told the kids that it was a community day. Normally, I could kind of rely on them to be like, oh, daddy, we got a shiny. And I'd be like, oh, which one? (laughs) Just catch that one. No, not even that. (laughs) I got my 296 and said, I'm done. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of events, there's an event inside of an event inside of an event this weekend. Scroopy Incense Day. Coming on Saturday. 
runs 11 to 5. It's a six-hour event. You can play an event when it's convenient as opposed to being forced into a three-hour window. <laughs> but it wouldn't be Pokemon or, or Niantic if there wasn't a reason to force you into a some three-hour window. So guess what? There's two groups of Pokemon based on Pawn Scarupi's theme. There's bugs for three hours mm-hmm. and poison for three hours. So for but- your 11, 1, and 11, 1, and 3 o'clock hours, you'll get bugs. Your noon, 2, and 4 o'clock hours, you'll get poisons. Um, King out anything here that jumps out of you as, as, you know, in the bug hours of things you need to be catching? Um, if I know that I need an Ultra League Wimpod, uh, or, or Galissapod, I should say, um, realistically glispod's really the only thing there if you're a huge master league player in in battle frontier maybe you don't have a mega scissor yet um but even with that being a a rare encounter you're not going to get those xls that you need from this um picking up a dupider might be nice maybe someday araquanid can see play an open great league again but realistically there just isn't a whole lot in the uh, in the bug hour that's really worth grabbing Oh, Evan is going to fight you. <laughs> oh, Evan's going to fight you, and I can't wait for it. I don't think non-Shadow B is as valuable. I think if you're running B-Drill, Shadow's the way to go, because you're there for the damage, you're not there for the bulk. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but that that's the only other fringe one. I'll say Pinsir can be fun. It, it can see some play in some limited metas, yeah. right? But I mean, you can say that about about a lot of things. If you don't have a pincer, it doesn't hurt to get you a pincer for Great League, right? I'm sure eventually you'll get some use out of it. And everything but Wimpod can be shiny. That's that's nice. That's very nice. And Good considering Wimpod requires 400 candy to evolve. Yeah, Wimpod is the one to really Wimpod's the, the winner of those hours. Yeah. Absolutely. But moving over to the Poison Hour, Astro, what, what are you seeing in the Poison Hours that jump out? <sighs> a lot more. Um, so as far as PvP goes, I would say Stunky, uh, Krogunks, Alone Grimer, Skrelp, and then maybe Zubat. That's um, correct. And you can't leave Trubbish out. Oh, Trubbish, <laughs> Why can't you well, leave Trubbish out? Well, that's here's dust. The thing. Yeah, the PvPers dust. PvPers need dust so they can that's, go to Hawaii. The Heezen is, like, True. that Pokemon's in its own separate section it's not you know um and i don't know there is i don't think there'll ever be a time where arbok is going to be good it has <laughs> such a good move set it, it, does. it does but yes trebuch for the dust so you can go to hawaii that's uh, right gulpin for limited metas where swall swallow it yeah but I, with mudshot Swallot got better. Yeah, one of my teammates has been adamant that that Swallot is now one small change away from being meta. Um, If it gets a bait move or if Ice Beam gets better, Swallot might actually make a push. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Additionally, if you're going to do this event, there's a one coin bundle. Remember those? Remember when they used to give us things for one coin? Oh, yeah. They're going to give you an incense. Because you don't have 900 of those taking up your backspace already. <laughs> and then you can do research tasks to get Ultra Balls. 
or Stardust or Skroopy. And more, because if they didn't throw an assortment of junk berries into your inventory, they wouldn't be doing an event. Fair enough. I just want to say something hmm? to all of our listeners. If you have zero coins going into this event, do not pay a dollar to get the one coin bundle, please. <laughs> you just need to be in a gym for 10 minutes. That's it? Knocked and you get a, a coin? You get yeah. one coin. Huh. Just go jump in a gym before the event. Hope someone knocks you out. You'll be fine. You can get that. Uh, Just that get that instance. one. Watch it. You get stuck in that one gym that nobody goes to. And right. it's stuck there for there days. For like... <laughs> but but after, I, I, teased, I teased you and said this is an event inside of an event. Guess, yes. guess what event's coming? It's like one of those Russian doll yeah. things. But guess what's coming, Astro? <laughs> guess what's coming? Oh, my Halloween event? Your Halloween event part one starts on October 19th be the most like and i'm very excited for all the pokemon like the the new pokemon that are coming out during this event and then the new pokemon that are coming out after selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify is there to help you grow shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with shopify Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah. Just a few weeks after. Um, but yeah. Bring on the ghost dog. That thing is so freaking cool. <laughs> Houndstone makes its debut. It's like um, 
giant tombstone dog. Do not try to bring this thing into Great League. <laughs> it is six and thirty-five. What is it's, its typing? It, it's, it's pure ghost. ghost. Okay. Listen it to this move, say. Yeah. It's lick psychic fangs shadow ball or bite psychic fangs shadow ball. Okay. Now, if in Ultra League, it is 23 and 26. Does it get up to Master League? <laughs> no, no, it's max CP. Hold on. Uh, at level 50, it is 2842 okay. max CP. I don't think those moves sound terrible. It's not. and It's actually got pretty decent stats. So you're looking at an attack of 154. With a 170 defense and a 152 stamina. It's got... I think you're right, Kate. Get this thing Shadow Claw. Holy heck, it becomes a monster. I actually just want... I just want to look and see what it becomes if I gave it Shadow Claw real well, quick. I mean, with the Psychic Fang, you throw a Psychic Fang, it increases the damage of those licks a lot. It just takes so long to get there with Lick and Bite, though. It just doesn't give you that, that value. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a near fifty percent win rate. You'll see it'll see some play, in my opinion, in in Ultra League. Mm-hmm. I think more so maybe in Premier Ultra. Maybe. Um, let's see, I mean, it would probably do pretty decent against an open. I don't see. I mean, Cresselia would fuck it over, but um. No, I, I don't know. I don't know if it, I think it might be Cresselia with the Lick Shadow Ball combo. I don't think so. Let me look. I think I think Cresselia and Ultra League is just too tanky to lose to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh it beats Cresselia with a 582 battle rating in the ones. Mm. Hmm. You gotta think this thing is both a 170 defense. Okay. Put that up against Cresselia. I'm trying to think of if there's any like dark Pokemon that are like really like I mean it has more defense than Giratina Altered. Huh. With a higher attack stat. How does Less it, HP. How does, how does it fare against Giratina? Because that's like the real like, place to measure it. Um, it beats it in the ones. It loses in the twos, barely. And I'm assuming it beats it in the zeros. Yeah, it, it beats it in the zeros. Okay. Yeah, because Giratina's either throwing what Shadow Sneak. Shadow this was Shadow Claw, Shadow Sneak, Giratina. Yeah. So it has I, I definitely think in Ultra League, Houndstone has some play. Uh just know you will need to excel it. Uh a rank one is gonna be level 46, so fairly exhaled. Yeah. So oh, I love that we didn't mention this last bad. week. D- did you see that that um PV Poke now has IV checker, so you can check your rankings. Hmm. I wonder why. Nope, we're not going there. We're not doing it. We're not touching it. No. I'm I'm shutting that down very quickly. <laughs> um wild spawns. I see one, two, three, four, um. five, six. Okay. PvP I w- relevant? I want to hear your six because I see one on here that you may not be thinking, but I'm okay. thinking further. Se- I'm sorry, seven actually. I missed. Okay, one. 
Zubat, Ghastly, mm-hmm. Haunter, Spinarak, Drifloon, Litwick, and Phantom. Those are, in my opinion, your PvP relevant ones. Oh, by the way, Shiny Shiny Phantom is being released, and it is so good. It have is. you seen it, Astro? I have. This is okay. one I did see. <laughs> I know oh. we can't play. I don't want to lie and say I didn't. Um, Mischievous, eventually Fluttermane is going That's not an evolution. Game. That's not an evolution. What do you mean? Fluttermane is a paradox Pokemon. Yep. So it's its oh. think it's th- think of it like an Ultra Beast. It's its own thing. Well, okay. Not an evolution. Really? Okay. Yep. All right. Well, then never mind. Forgot about it. <laughs> but I bet you it uses the same candy. Probably. No. I think it will. Uh, I, I don't know. I would we'll, be. I would flip a coin on that one because it's yeah, technically. We'll it's technically the same Pokemon. It's just like the future version. Past. I don't. Oh, is it past? Past. Oh, okay. I just don't like with those things. I don't understand like how it's not directly like connected. I, I could see go implementing it as a um, a form change, right? So you evolve Mistrevis, uh, and then you can form change. To but then you can't Paradox go back. I, well, I bet they're going to be raid locked Pokemon. That's also a good chance. Yeah, that's mm. what they're going to. They're going to be raid locked. Think Hasui and Braviary. Mm. Okay, but honestly, most of these being raid locked is kind of okay because I feel like a lot of them will be more masterly relevant than anything yeah. else. So yeah. I cannot wait for Iron Valiant fighting Fairy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be so good. Drifling's the one I'm here, I'm looking at that I'm really excited about. Um, I need the XL candies. And guess what? If you can hit a nice, great, or excellent throw, you'll get additional XL candy. Hmm. As well as two times for catching. And hatch or two times for hatching as well. Uh, Spiritomb and Timed Research, so that's coming back. You have your shot at chi- Timed Spiritomb again. Love my Spiritomb. Um, and if you, have you given Niantic enough money this month? Because <laughs> you I'm can give them, them five more dollars for a pose, it, which no. comes as part of research. I mean, the pose is kind of fun. It's, it's, it's no lantern pose, though. It's like, uh, no, the lantern one is amazing. It looks like they're about to fall out of the chair or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, ooh. Um, I like the tier three and five raid bosses. Are they actually going to make you raid, though? Will you do a raid, Astro? The grave... So, the Halloween event is the one event so far. It doesn't look like they've screwed anything up. Um, I would like a little more Stardust. Um, I feel like that's the one thing that was missing that I think has normally been part of the, the Halloween events. But I get I like think the it's additional... typically part of part two. Okay. Uh, but I do like the XL candy things like they're going the Halloween theme, like extra candy, stuff like that. I get yeah. that. Uh, spawns so far are good. Um you know, it's like some of our favorites out there. I don't. 
I'm not a fan of tier like the one star raids. Um, I don't really see why they're all in the wild. Yeah, like tier three, like the three stars makes sense. Like I don't like Sandy Gas as a three star. Sandy Gas is a one star raid boss. Is it? Yeah, probably. Maybe if it was Palo Sand as a three star. Yeah, that I would like. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, because um, then the dog, uh, which is fine because you're going to need the XLs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then five stars, Guzzlord, um, until the 20th. And then Darkrai. I mean, regardless of how irrelevant Darkrai is, it is still one of my favorite Pokemon to catch. I have a hundo and a shiny already. I don't need more Darkrai in my life. I love it. Um, 7KX looking interesting. Munchlax, Riolu, and Galarian Mask with extra XL candies. Mm-hmm. You mask XL. Kaffa XL. I still need a lot of freaking... Because you got two of those things to build. Two evolutions worth of build. So 296 times two. Because they both require level 50. Yep. So this is... The one time you will ever hear me say this, I think ever in the hist in three almost three years of this show, you're spending money on avatar items. These avatar items are on point. <laughs> I need that phantom head. That's oh, I cool. like I like the mask mask. Like it's just so creepy. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get a Grievar wig that you don't have to pay for oh. if you have Amazon Prime. Because oh. there's a research that just came out today through Prime Gaming for free. Okay. That also um. has part or a, a reward is is, is um, Kecleon for one of the steps. Okay. So if you still need that Kecleon, you can get it here. I don't think the event bundles are worth spending any money on. Oh, I didn't even look at them. Um, there's like one for four ninety five. That's three remote raid passes, one star piece, and a lucky egg. Eh. Uh, Seven twenty five coins, ten premium raid passes, uh, two star pieces, and two lucky eggs. Uh, and then for fifteen fifty. You get 10 super incubators, five incubators, and two incense. That one may be like... How much is the... What is it? The adventure box? Is it 1450? Is that the one that they normally put all or the 19 something, in? something like that? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't spent coins and go in a long time. I still I, have... I, actually, I take that back. I used 200 of my coins today to get a rocket radar so I could finish a step of research that I was tired of being stuck on. And then I didn't even claim it, so let me claim it right now while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I think I still have all the coins from GoFest. Like, all the coins that I purchased at GoFest, I think I still have whatever I had left over. Uh, but the best part of the Halloween event, and it's the only time I will ever turn my music on, the Lavender Town music will be playing. Uh, it's a remix of the Lavender Town my uh, my phone just decided to play Gaslight Anthem. Um, there you go. I don't know. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Lavender Town. Uh, it says a remix of the Lavin- Lavender Town music 
will be playing nightly during this year's Halloween event. Um, which I think is good. And it's better than what the, I think last year it was just played the entire time. I, I believe throughout the whole event. I wouldn't know my music inco is never on. Um, <laughs> which it could get a little annoying, but like if it's only on for like a little bit, like at night, like how often are you like playing all night? Like, I think it's good. I don't, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, wait, hold on. There's one other big piece of news. Both parts of the Halloween event, Pokestops and gyms will be decorated. Oh, yay. I like those. The pumpkins are going to be out there. I love that, actually. I love it. It makes me so happy. Yeah, that's fun. Is there anything else? There, There was one other news article that dropped. Really early compared to what I expected it to come. Oh, was this the other part I was talking about? The other new Pokemon? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Go ahead, Astro. What What? What was the news? This one, I'm actually, you know, after, uh, what, this has been two community days that I've just kind of been like, about. Um, this one for November, because, I mean, November is the best month of the year. Um, Wooper and Whoop Whoop Paldean Wooper. Paldean Wooper, first of all, if you've never seen it, is so incredibly cool with the little, like, crossbones. It's basic, instead of those little, like, antenna, it's got crossbones sticking out of its head. Um, And it evolves into Claude Sire. Is that how how you say it? Yep. Yep. Come on! (laughs) This ain't brand for you! Well, no, this one is this one is easier to say. I'm sure. I just, <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, it's gonna learn Megahorn. But what's Wooper getting or Quag- Quagsire getting? That's that's. Oh my gosh! So now it's got Mud Bomb and then Aqua Tail. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. With. Mud is it shot? Mud shot? Yeah, mud, mud shot. shot. Mud shot. Aqua tail. Mud bomb. Just spam everything. I mean, <laughs> it picks You're not up. Not going to know which against, one to hit. It picks up wins against Diggersby, Gligar, Defense Deoxys, Swampert, Sableye, and Stilix, while dropping Cofagrigus, Dugong, Mandy, and Noctowl, taking it from a fifteen and twenty-four with two ties. To 18, 22, and one tie. This is actually a pretty vast improvement for a Pokemon that all, was already so freaking spammy that I hated seeing it on the other side of the screen. <laughs> and it's bulky. And it has some bulk. What about, uh, what's Claude Sire's typing? Is I know it's ground and dark. Ground poison. Ground, ground poison. poison. Okay. It's our so, Nido Queen replacement. Except for it's not. Like it is, but is it? Because it it's moves. It feels better to me with the flexibility that you have. It's got as long as they don't take Surf away from Claude Sire, it's gonna yeah. be so good and so, so flexible. So right now it's supposed to have poison jab, mud shot. So you have two viable fast moves. Mm-hmm. Surf. 
Acid Spray, Earthquake, Sludge Bomb, Stone Edge, and they've confirmed Megahorn. What the hell? What do you shield? Do you? <laughs> I, you don't know what this moves, this thing's throwing at you. And every one of its nukes will hit something else ridiculously hard. What were the, the charge moves again? Acid Spray, Earthquake, Sludge Bomb, Stone Edge, Surf, plus Megahorn for Community Day. So this is a better, before it got double kick, a better Nido King. Nido King has very similar well, this moves. Is, this is like Toxapex levels of bulk. I think maybe bulk. That was what we were going to get to next. Yeah. So it's it's attack a of ninety four point two. It is not hitting you hard at all. So it has nukes, but you won't know it has nukes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, defensive one nineteen with a two. 109 Jesus. stamina in Great League. That's insane. Is there anything? What's is it Toxic Toxapec is the only thing like comparable? Maybe Guzzlord? It'd be a little bit more attack weighted, but in the health department, it'd be close. Toxapex, so Toxapex is more in the defense. It's 222 in the defense. Yeah, um, Guzzlord, I think you're right. 265 on Guzzlord, but its defense is 63. Mm-hmm. So this is literally an absolute beast. I think I think maybe Licky. Yeah, Licky's pretty close. 126 with 183 versus Claude's Ire is 119 and 209. Yeah. So think Licky Tongue Bulk. Wow. Technically a little bulkier than Licky Tongue. Right. With poison jab and surf. And I think it'll be even better in, in show six metas, especially like team metas where you get to change your moveset once you've seen your opponent's team just because mm-hmm. of the flexibility of this moveset. Yeah. And th- this is something that I think day one could go into the go f- the play format and start shifting some things up. Absolutely. Because its moveset is so flexible, especially... Well, wait, when is community? What's the date of community day? November 5th. So you get... Potentially one tournament before <laughs> you have a open ter- a open team sheet. Yep. To take advantage of the flexible move set. Yeah. But even then, after like, I still think just with its bulk and everything, it's still gonna be viable. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, even with it having um, surf sludge bomb. He beats Medi in the ones. I was going to say, like, it doesn't, it shouldn't have a hard time with Medi, right? Because of its typing. Well, it, it does take super effective from all of Medi's charge moves. Okay. Mm. But it's so bulky, it can take a charge move from Medi. Well, in, in the play scene with Medi shifting away from Psychic as well, it may be even more dominant. Yeah. Uh, it wins in the ones, the twos. I bet it loses in the zeros. And that's what nope. it wins in the zeros with two HP. It beats Medi in all shield scenarios. And that's with, with sludge weight. But that's, that's sludge, with sludge bomb weight. psychic. Sludge bomb. What if Megahorn throw... makes it Megahorn. worse? Megahorn because you're not worse. getting sni- you're not getting stab. Mm-hmm. Okay. But beats Medi. How does it do against Frost? Because you're taking the heavy damage. Ooh. Yeah. 
it loses to Frost pretty badly in the zeros and the twos. It loses in the ones. Um, a slash. Now, if you're running Stone Edge, you would be you can yeah. get Frost very, very low. Yeah, similar to with a slash because it has that draw run. It's not a clean matchup like you would want it to be. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's still it, it's an interesting pick that can come in and kind of move things around a little bit. Um, even something like Reggie Steel, because Reggie Steel only has resisted moves, and you have Surf, you're able to beat Reggie Steel. And I might even like Mudshot on this more than Poison Jab, especially if you're planning on running Sludge Bomb. I think the spamminess that you get from mud, Mudshot might just be more beneficial. Holy cow. Yeah, you beat Bridgestill a lot better with Mudshot. Oh, I bet. Woo! Yeah. This, um, going into the play scene, like this can plug into your team and you can adjust the moveset depending on what you're weak to in the meta. And it can fill a lot of meta holes pretty comfortably. It outbulks Licky with Whew. my shot. Jeez. Oh. It outbulks Licky. Does this get it to Ultra League? Haven't even checked. I've been too excited about Grand League. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, do. No. It's, is it lower than... Because I think you can get Quagsire pretty close. If you really to... want to... It gets to 22-33, and it looks like it's got, like, Walrein caliber bulk, a little bit less. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it's sub-2300, it's rough to bring into Great League. Or but if, League. if you wanted to, you'll get two times chance for XL candy during this event. It's true. Yeah. And you but, get two times candy for catching. Oh my god, the rank one just demolishes Licky. Like okay. he, the <laughs> other one was with four, it wins with 40 HP left over. Wow. With yeah. rank one. And that may not sound like a lot, but when you're talking about even in the zeros, it beats Licky. It beats Licky in all shield scenarios, beats Medi in all shield scenarios. What's it do against. Umbreon. We may have just core broke pretty much the entire meta here. I mean, yep. it beats just, Umbreon in zeros. I just like hearing it beats Medi in all shields. Yeah. Ones <laughs> and twos beats Umbreon in all shield scenarios. Superior. It loses in the twos. Just. Okay. It beats it in the ones. I can't and it imagine. beats it in the twos. So now your your primary core of Medi Superior, Umbreon, Licky, you're taking out with Claude Zire. Oh, and Gligar, because you have that surf. Diggs will still hit pretty hard. I imagine that's a close one. It's very close. You're losing in the zeros. And the ones. Twos, can you pick up the twos? No, you lose all shield scenarios against Gligar because of the digs. 
an energy advantage might be able to flip that though. So yeah, you get two. I think it's. Let's see. Let's look. If you get two mud shots, you flip. Two mud shots, you flip. Can I? Can I do one mud shot and flip? One mud shot. So safe swap Claude beats everything but Frostlass pretty much in the play meta right now. Frostlass and Slash. And Slash. Yeah. So but the ice types, which it's <clears throat> is super duper weak to. Right. Do you think um how does it do against Swampert? Swampert would probably wall it pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I that's what I'm thinking, and I'm thinking maybe we would see an uptick in Swampert back into I agree. I wouldn't say walls it too. I mean, it it gets Swampert below half. Yeah, Surf's are still gonna hit, right? Especially if you're on Mudshot, I mean, you're able to spam those Surf's. Probably Hydra tank a only Hydra. against a non-shadow. Hydra only does forty-seven percent. Okay. You can take a Hydro hmm. or an EQ. EQ does sixty-five. Hydro does forty-seven. I imagine after the mud shots, two Hydras get you though. Yeah. Um. Let's go to the zeros because that's where we're going to see if it twos get you. Yeah, it do, and it do, but it does take two hydros to kill you. Okay, that's great. That yeah, yeah, and they probably and can't the overform too much, right? Because the the surfs are going to add up. Yep, two a surf does twenty seven percent. Okay, but yeah, I mean this thing. Can you do one more for me? Yeah, wish cash. Why would anyone run Wishcast would beat the crap out of this thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Wishcast walls it. Especially Your after water this, you ground types are right? wall it. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Quagsire would wall it as well. Yep. But how much of those are you seeing, especially when Superior is so popular in the meta? Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it at Peoria. Lantern makes a grass type mandatory. Yeah. So it's hard to bring a. A it mud beats Vimu in, in the zeros. In that situation. Wow. Yeah. So, so in the zeros, it can beat Vinu. It loses in other shield scenarios. Okay. Barely. Yeah. But so this has a very good possibility of just completely changing the play meta. This yes. could be one of the safest safe swaps in the play meta. Because if you give it a one mud shot lead, even things that it beats or it loses to normally, it has the ability to flip it. I mean, even again, let, let, let's give it a couple against Frost. Give it two mud shots against Frost, and do you, do you flip it? Almost. I think you need three, maybe. No, you still you're going to need more. Okay, yeah, Frost, you're going to get a pretty good energy lead on. Yeah, Frost is probably going to be the best answer. I think Slash will be a close second, but I think Frost yeah. is going to be the hard answer for it in the play meta. So either way. I will be playing this community day. It's on a yeah. Sunday, so I don't have to worry about college football. Let's go. <laughs> um, quarter hatch distance, too. That's always nice. Yeah. I'm just... I'm glad that they brought... As long as they keep... They don't mess anything up with it. Like, yep. they don't change moves or it's whatever. It's going to lose Surf. I, I, I'm calling it now. I think even if Surf gets changed to Brine, it's not the end of the world. It's just if they flat out remove its only bait move, yeah. that becomes problematic. If they make its bait move Acid Spray, then yeah. you're, you're rough. 
But if it can keep surf, and here's the thing, against the and typically what they're worried about is against the open meta, not necessarily the play meta. Against open meta, it's twenty three and eighteen. It's not like it's world beating. Unlike mm-hmm. Toxapex, when we looked at it, it was I think like forty and six or something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah. It had to get nerfed. Yeah. This doesn't feel like it's that overpowered. It's like but ab- it needs yeah. to be nerfed. But it, there I mean, will be counters to it. Those counters just aren't currently in the top shelf meta, so it'll shake things up, which is what we need. Yes. Yeah. And it's nice to see them, like I said, as long as nothing gets changed, bringing in something to counter that 100% usage of Medichan. Now, do keep in mind, if you're going to beat Medicham, you do need to be on the Poison Jab variant. Mudshot variant does not beat Medicham. Okay. So that may be why you want to go more towards that poison damage. But either way, you're, it's going to make your opponent think. And it can yeah. change the strategy of the game. Absolutely. Uh, with the poison, it's 24 and 17. So it's literally plus or minus one matchup, whether you go mm. poison or mudshot. And it just changes the matchups that you do win or lose. Does running it with the poison jab... And let's say go into regionals, you bring it and you decide to run the poison jab for the Medi matchup. Does it change any of the other outcomes that it would have won? Reggie still is flippable then. That's going to be energy dependent. Sableye becomes not as clean, but with poison jab, it beats Gligar. Mm -hmm. Really? Okay. So it also with poison jab beats Spark Lantern. Mm. So what what good lord, if they had abilities in Go though, and this thing had its 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 um water absorbability, yeah. it would be busted. <laughs> At that point it would be too but too broken. God, oh, see that's that's where VGC gets so insane is you can literally have a Pokemon that could just be straight up immune to damage. Yeah. Electros in VGC has nothing that can hit it super effectively. Yep. And the now you've only got Pokemon like, in all uh, the games. Like Flashfire Heatran, so you remove your double weakness when you Terra into yeah. grass. You don't have your double weakness anymore. You have Flashfire for the fire damage. It's it, Terra makes all of the abilities even stronger, I think. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, that's um, that's so, all the news. Yeah. So last was it last week or the week before? You guys gave me a challenge. I gave you a challenge. Let's let's talk. So I don't know if you got a chance to listen to last last week's King Al. Astro's favorite meta of all time is Halloween Cup. Yes, but our boy hadn't even hit rank twenty. Yet. <laughs> oh. So it's we had like to motivate 17. him. Seventeen. If yeah. he had not hit rank twenty by this week, Dino and I got to choose his Halloween Cup team. Aha! Uh-huh. And I told him it was going to be very charming. <laughs> Maybe even three times charming. So, no. Astro, did, wh- wh- how you doing, buddy? How, how, how's our challenge coming along? Wait, hold on. A Jangmo just popped up at my backyard. I Fair enough. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to run if you keep trying to brag about it. Uh, hold on. Once, once. So I did. I did. I ended up actually hitting Ace. Oh, nice. Yep. Uh, Look I at you Ace. overachieving on your challenge. I hit Ace today, and I think it's only because I get my highest Elo 
starting elo that i think i've ever gotten and i think it was like 2080 nice um i don't know it's i sent the screenshot to you guys when i hit it Um, yeah i I remember it yeah but i'm i lost a little uh i'm at 2079 right now okay yep um but i'm literally just trolling people i was running I'm just switching out my lead, but I'm running Shadow Victory Bell and Shadow Charm A9. <laughs> and just just tapping, one-tapping people. <laughs> like, had a lot of top lefts, which was fun. So Halloween Cup comes on Friday. Have you have you looked at it all, at all yet, King Al? Uh, I've looked a little bit, but not too, too deep into it yet. So, top ten... Carbink at a 98.3. Oof. Oof. With your next closest being Golbat at 93.7. Which is crazy. Because doesn't Carbink just demolish Golbat? It does. <laughs> uh, Shadow Golbat, Toxapex, Greninja, Nidoqueen, Shadow Nidoqueen, Mandibuzz, Shadow Scissor, and Jellicent. Can you do me a favor? Hmm. Cause you're you're better at this. Can you put this meta in and ban Carbink and see what the difference it is? Wouldn't come up the same, unfortunately. Because he puts in a different additional adjustments to oh, okay. real world usage. Gotcha. That's okay. one thing that's the reason I always say custom custom simulations, custom medicines, unless you're doing a lot of additional analy- analytics on it don't always say the whole truth. Yeah. I feel like that carbink should have been banned. I, You could tell that they don't look at something like this when they're making the metas. It's still not as bad as the meta, what was it, two or three seasons ago that uh, there was something that was 100% with the next closest being 92. Du- I think yeah. it was Ducklet was 100%. And yeah, the next closest, cups. yeah. Little Ducklet cups. was busted. Bronzor. Bronzor. Mm-hmm. That was that was the one where it, Bronzor was literally twenty points higher than the next closest thing. I'm like, what? This is stupid. Greninja is going to be fun to use. That's Greninja, exactly what was jumping out to me. Greninja work does pretty good job against Carbink. I mean, if you could you just run them. Shadow Scissor, Greninja Toxapex, and say "F you, Carbink." Scizor actually looks like a pretty solid safe switch for this cup. You're only concerned Alolan Marowak, mm-hmm. which kind of gets scared off by all of the water and carbink. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Scizor was the kind of secret tech we were all running last time. So last season, I, I finally remember what it was. Um, or last year. Shadow Scissor, Mandy Buzz, Toxapex was the team that was really popular in the BTW discord. And I know I climbed like 600 plus points with it. Wow. Like that. It was nothing. Carbink does change that math a little bit because it just walls Mandy buzz. Yeah. Right. So I'm thinking, I think you may be right. Throwing in Greninja in the I'm place of enjoy. Mandy buzz. I like Nito queen too. I think my only concern with Greninja is that you probably get two shielded through by a bank. 
Let's check. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They come yeah, out with 100 do. energy and like 12 HP. Yeah, that's and that, that that is literally you're getting off three hydros and they still come out with a hundred energy and HP left. Yeah. That is ridiculous. It loses in all other shield scenarios. Yep. Carbink lead is going to be really good. How about Toxapex and Carbink? Is that can they two shield through the the to- Toxapex? Toxapex? Oh, I wouldn't think so. Toxpex is way too bulky. Almost. Almost? Almost. It's actually a simul in the zeros to ones, apparently. That is ridiculous. Yeah, and the twos, Pex gets out with like 6 HP going straight brine. That's a long matchup, though. It's 97 seconds. Switch clock and a half. So, Shadow Scizor. Quad yeah. super effective bullet punches. Looks okay. really good right now. I'm just trying uh, can, to see. Oh my god! What can you it, pair it with? That would be really well. I feel like Greninja and Shadow Scissor work pretty well together. No, it almost two shields through Shadow Scissor. It does. That is insane. In the two shields, you still have to land the Night Slash to take it out. You can go straight bullet punch if they choose not to throw rock slides. Okay. That's Good. wild. So it's saying God. here that Shadow Needle Queen is like its worst matchup. I believe that it. It walls sense. it. Yeah, it walls every bit of its energy. Hmm. So I see Shadow Needle Queen being coming very popular. Yep. What what are um, the dates for this cup? Will Claude Sire be around in time? It starts on Friday and runs two weeks. So no, it ends Uh-oh. just before Claude Sire gets here. That's what, unfortunate. The the dog, the graveyard dog. It it is here, but I is it in is it in like the rankings? Uh, it doubt shouldn't it. be right. Nope. It's not in the rankings yet because it hasn't been released, but it wouldn't yeah. it won't do anything in this meta. Yeah. No. Too much poison. Or not too much too much dark. Yep. Too much dark. Yeah. Way yeah, too much dark. No. If you're looking for some stretch teams, I remember the double poison, dark poison cores being really good. Was this the bite hole meta where everyone This was just... the bite hole meta. Okay. One of them. Um uh, Galarian Weezing could be interesting. Fairy Wind Sludge Overheat. Kind of as a weird core breaker in the back end. Was this the one that someone was running the Shadow Tyranitar and Shadow uh, Sharpedo? Oh, God. Yes, it is. Your match is going over real fast. Here's the problem with that team now, though. Carby exists. T-Tar has Brutal Swing now. Yeah, that doesn't help against Carbink. It does not. Let's see. Carbink so resists that. Plus resists the rock moves. Uh, so in the one shield, Carbink wins with three HP. Yeah. That Carbink is just too nasty. It's not fair. Uh, yeah, Carbink just... rock throws down Shadow Sharpedo. Even after the poison thing. 
If you land the poison fang, you can win the zeros. Oh, actually, no, you, you lose the zero still because you have to shield a rock slide. Hmm. Good. And that, that is a beastly waterfall. It is. Carping speaks jelly? <laughs> How is that even fair? <laughs> I'm sitting here looking, I was like, oh, jelly could be a stretch thing. No. It beats Quillfish. It beats Stun Tank. Well, Stun Tank, why wouldn't... Let me let me look at the Stun Tank matchup. If you're running Trailblaze over Flamethrower, it still beats it. Wow. In the ones. What's it do in the twos? It loses the twos, but it's IV dependent. Wow. Two HP in the twos. What about Fortress? Uh, Carbink beats the crap out of it. Uh, with Mirror Shot? It, it's close. It's close. Least. It beats it in the no shields. It, I believe, beats it in the, it beats it in the one shield with one HP. But it does have to land the EQ there. It has to yeah. land. Uh, but it does lose in the two shields, I think, pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I, the, and the problem with Fortress is there's a lot of other stuff in the meta that Fortress doesn't want to see. Right. Little Marowak will be fun. I still think Greninja looks fun, but mm-hmm. it's got, that, that will be a very volatile matchup. Greninja versus anything. Just because Greninja's paper thin. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to run Greninja and Shadow Tyranitar together. So how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this, King <laughs> Alexander? Um, Shadow Scissor lead. When you're sh- saving shields for Shadow Needle Queen in the back. With Toxapex. Um, trying to think if there's any core breakers. I mean, it sounds really solid. Definitely doesn't really give... Carbink a ton of play, which is nice. Obviously, Carbink's best matchup is going to be on the um, on the Scizor, which is a nice thing to say. Um, I'm Mandibuzz sure that... could be a little tough for it, but you yeah. still can get through with through it with Toxapex and Nidoqueen. Right. Um, you also may have the potential to run Stone Edge. Stone Edge. That's what I was thinking as well. Um. Yeah, I mean that seems pretty good. Got some great bulk in the back to cover for the jelly fact that would be the core breaker. Ah, uh, yeah, jelly could do it. And even then, Steel or uh, Steelix Scizor can probably yeah. shield and get some good damage down there. Yep. But you just don't have anything that can farm it down with the poison jabs, resistant bullet punches. Jelly, yeah, I think jelly would be your, your only real tough matchup. Yeah, everything else you can deal with in some form or fashion. Right. But would you consider running Bombardier over Mandibuzz, or do you think the bulk would just be too valuable with Mandibuzz? Um, I think it would depend on the team around it, but for the most part, uh, after the Aerial Ace buff, I think Mandibuzz is just, it's too good with the bulk that it has. Like, Fly is an yeah. amazing move, but I don't think Bombardier has the same, um, the same versatility that you get out of the bulk from Mandibuzz. Um, and for those that are going to ask, 
No, regular sh- scissor does not work. It needs to be shadow. That's fair, yes. You need the shadow bullet punches here. Uh, Golbat's rank number two. I don't think number two and number three. I don't think I'd recommend running Golbat in this meta at this point. I'd be very afraid to run Golbat. Um, I think if you have great covers for Carbink or if you can bait out the Carbink, then it'll be okay. Um, but like it's technically beats Toxapex, but it doesn't beat Toxapex cleanly. Right. You're, like it you're, requires you landing a bait or getting a bait shielded and then landing the shadow ball. Mm-hmm. What about Azu? Too much poison. Too with much Toxpex, poison. With Toxpex being in the meta and you just, you if you land on Toxpex, it's game over. Huh. Yeah, I think, I think Toxapex will be extremely common. Nidoqueen will be extremely common. I hope Carbink is not, but I think it will be. Enough people have some level of Carbink built now that I could see it coming. We have, well, uh, so we wrapped up, uh, we mentioned it earlier, the, we wrapped up the TCG tournament. Congratulations to the birthday boy, Dino. Happy birthday to uh, you. With his broken Charizard deck that never bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Until it bricks multiple times in a row when he's on stream. (laughs) Mm. Um, And then uh, we've got the VGC tournament starting on Wednesday. Yes, I have built my team. It is not good. Um, (laughs) I've been using it to climb on the ladder a little bit. For fun, because it's such a cool combination and we have never had a chance to do it. I am coring, glaring, wheezing and slacking. Oh, it's not good. Do mm. not do this, people. Don't <laughs> do not listen to me currently. It's bad. But my other four Pokemon are very meta. So literally, I, I, I've been doing a little bit of climbing in the online ladder system just to test out the team. And when I stopped using glaring, wheezing, and slacking, I won six straight battles <laughs> to get up to rank three. Tells you how far I'm down in the rankings right now. But, you know, I, I don't do a lot of VGC, but I'm trying to get into it a little bit more. Fair. Uh, so my, my, my other four are really good. Mm-hmm. Those two hold my team back a lot, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> I think I want to say I saw an Aaron Zhang video where he did slacking Galarian Weezing. I don't remember it's, if it was successful. but It's not successful, but it, it literally... That combo, if as long as you can protect your glaring wheezing, mm-hmm. one shots everything. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. you just have to find some way to not let them knock out your glaring wheezing in one hit, because ninety percent of the time they're going to knock out your glaring wheezing in one hit because they see another thing and they're like, we talked about this before. Gastrodon is one of the most common Pokemon in in VGC, mm-hmm. and it runs Earth Power. Ah, What's the yeah. one weakness that? Glaring Weezing has. Grant. Yep. Oh, Therian Landorus, the most common VGC Pokemon, <laughs> mm-hmm. just one-shots it. Like, it, <laughs> it isn't good, but yep. you know what? It's fun. I'll do it in our Discord. I may not do it on stream when I stream some VGC next month, but I'll do it on, <laughs> in the Discord. Yeah. So, uh, get signed up for that. Um, we're going to move to questions, but I have a question for our audience have you ever wanted to be on an episode of btw 
Just bug Astro enough until Dino takes a break and he'll let you on. Well. And then he'll make you a host. Oh, wait, that that's just a one-time thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to know how you can be on an episode of BTW, listen to the end of the show. And you may find out. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Alright, so before we get started with the questions, if you ever want to ask the show the show a question, you can, uh, if you're in a Discord, the You Want Answers section, um, you can send us an email, uh, info at btwpvb.com, you can message us on x um which is uh btwpvp podcast um or you could go to our website btwpvp.com um and ask it over there so um we've only got two two questions well it's two people who've asked questions which is very odd but they're good questions yeah so first one comes from Smiley561. Uh, if you had to make an event for Pokemon Go, what would it be and where would it be hosted? Start with, well, our guess is chewing. So um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go Wildcat. What about you? Uh, it is going to be a PvP focused event. Preferably in like January in Florida. Perfect time of year to go to Florida. Um, and it's going to be, you know, very similar to a, almost like a safari zone, but for PVP and it would have a battle tower. So they, they would select 10 notable trainers that would be, you know, think, think of the battle tent at GoFest, but this is a battle tower. And if you can battle your way through all 10, you'll get some crazy reward and you can retry them as many times as you need to, so you can get to know their teams throughout the, the trials. Um, and then all the event spawns would be specifically PvP-relevant Pokemon with guaranteed XL candy for per catch. One XL candy per catch guaranteed. None of this increased chance BS. And then with for the Master Leaguers... The five most common Master League Pokemon in raids, and you get you know the nine free raid passes similar to a GoFest or Safari. So you're thinking Mewtwo, Groudon, Kyogre, Zacian. What's another common one that don't doesn't that a lot of people don't have candy for? Mewtwo. I said Mewtwo. Oh, Did you okay. say Dialga already? Dialga. There you go. There's your fifth. So them featured in raids with the XL candies and things of that nature. That would be my perfect event. Hmm. What about you, King Al? Well, as someone who lives in the middle of nowhere, I think I'd rather global events. I think global events are just a little bit more forgiving, right? A lot of people don't necessarily have access to getting to some of the Safari Zone-esque events. Um, But I'd really like to see, kind of similar to to what you described, like a PvP-focused event um, with the growing pokemon go pvp scene that we have the play pokemon you know um kind of circuit we're, we're building ourselves into i think giving an event 
that maybe it's like um, an it's axe and celebration event kind of thing from him winning worlds. You kind of take a lot of the mons that were on his teams or the teams that he beat in day two and make them into spawns, make them into kind of floor dropped rewards as well. So you don't have to worry about having those uh, 10, 10, 10 reward mons. Um, you know, you have a chance to actually get great league relevant or, or play Pokemon relevant Pokemon. Um, and then of course some battles, so, you know, maybe like a, a go battle weekend kind of style thing along with it to give you some extra chance to test out the new mons that you you're getting and you're building. Um, and then of course some extra TM, a, a perfect event has a lot of charge TMs as rewards because man, do we need that? Really? You don't have 300 plus? Oh, good. I, I permanently sit at zero TMs. Permanently. Oh. How come no one's making fun of him? <laughs> oh, I'm getting, oh. Ready, I'm getting ready to make him want to vomit. Um. I've, I've seen someone in, um, someone in the Battle Frontier posted their 700 charged TMs, and it hurt me. Oof. Oh, that's a little, uh, is that 363, 361? My goodness. Yeah, I wish. You got I 20 wish. charge TMs? I, I have been so hurt for charge TMs that I have used elite charge TMs to get the correct movesets for like gym breakers and factions recently. Um, I, I used an elite charge TM to put fire punch on a Diggersby two weeks ago. Like, it is that bad. Hmm. So you have my luck when it comes to those things. I sure do. Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. At least I'm not alone on this. Yeah. <laughs> we um, all know from Lyle's stream, he has your luck as well, Astro. <laughs> <laughs> A soundbite so vile, we can't even use it for our show. That that says something right there. Um, I agree with King Al. Uh, I enjoy the global events. Um, so I'm going to go a little different and not do a PvP-focused one. Um, what I think would be fun would be a global event, a global scavenger hunt. So you would have research tasks, but you would have to like figure out how to complete those research tasks. You mean like the unknown task we had at this past Hoenn tour that we're awful and you just googled them within the first 30 seconds because you didn't want to take the time to do it ah here's the thing they're not the same tasks for everyone now granted this would never work because niantic would break it but (laughs) i think it would be cool to like actually like if you want someone to go out and play give them very large rewards and make them think. Because, I mean, I know me personally, like, if it's too easy, sometimes I just get really bored with it. And I don't want to do it. Especially if I'm, like, not getting a very good reward at the end of it. So, give me something to think. And then give me, like, a very good reward. So, like, at the end, after you complete, like, one task, like, Thousand Stardust. Mm. Uh, the next one, as they get harder, your rewards go up. You know, can uh, rare candy XL things like that. Um, and I would do like 
maybe like have all the unknowns spawn like a through z just because you know that's like <laughs> the like i'm only missing two I'm question only missing two <laughs> see this would be your chance you'd be able to complete it um like hypnos uh hypnos and drowsies not too much psychic um some dark stuff in there like dark cry would be a raid boss just like mysterious things like those kind of type pokemon so a modified halloween event got it of course but a scavenger hunt (laughs) i'm telling you you want me to play this game and get out and do something make me have to think and give me something good at the end of it and i will i will be out there i agree Uh, next one from Shadow Prime thirty four. Uh, so the next couple here. Uh, what's your favorite spice Pokemon to see on stream and play Pokemon? I like Licky and all, but I personally loved seeing Guzzlord showing up on the main stage. That's a good question. I think the main thing that I saw while while I was at Peoria on stage was the, the Charger Bug. I think it's a cool pick, it's a unique pick, and it's got enough play in the meta to still be competitive and still be worth you bringing it out while you're on stage. Um, I, I mean, the Guzzlord's obviously a great pick as well. I think I just, I lean a little bit more towards the bus. I I, I love when Goon's on stage. It is it is a volatile Pokemon, but man, if it, if it hits that boost, it just runs away with things. So I, I I appreciate the goon. Do I have to say Scrafty? Yes, you are required by law. Okay, well if it's not Scrafty, um, Dino actually ran it. Um, Toxicroak. Hmm. Loved seeing that. Like, Surface is another one that I love seeing on stage. And you know what? He ran both of them. Um, not I don't think he ran them on the same team, but he's run them both like different events. And, like, I just loved seeing that. Like, I I enjoy Dino's teams for these things because he does like to go kind of off. Like, he'll have some meta picks like you just can't get away with, like, not having on your team. But, like, I love the fact that instead of using Metachan, he goes with Toxicroak or he'll go with Surfetched or something like that that will fill the role, but it's not going to, you know necessarily be metachan uh aside from annihilate which isn't so far not coming this halloween which is sad it's not they're not going to release that thing that quickly um what pokemon do you think could delete metachan from the meta i was thinking maybe marshadow i'll be honest i don't think anything can delete meta cham from the meta i don't think there's anything that's going to come out that's going to beat it that hard like even we talk about annihilate marshadow both are fighting types psychic's still going to be relevant um and, and, and know, they're both go they're both ghost type and licky still exist exactly so licky's still there to cover for it just fine um i think with what we have available to us claude sire coming kind of becomes the best bet for us um but even then you know meta 
because of its typing, because of its bulk, and because of its moveset, it's going to have flexible play against almost everything. And I don't think there's anything that can release that's going to drastically change that. And the unfortunate part is the only way to really hurt Medicham is to kill all fighting types. Right. Because if you touch counter, every other fighting type goes away entirely, which just makes steel too good. So we need Medicham to be good to make steel not that good. Right. So it's a weird balance. I know people are sick of seeing it and seeing 100% usage in this and that, but it's actually a necessary evil. I don't think the owl was a necessary evil because the owl created a triangle of a issue where it was the lantern knocked out Medi, whichever one got on with the other, or Trev knocked out lantern Medi, that quad issue. The owl created that, which was Mm -hmm. way too polarizing. At least with Medi, even its neutral matchups and things that's hitting super effective, chip it down enough that it's not unbeatable and it's not so bad. Even Medi into Umbreon, Medi, if Medi doesn't shield correctly or doesn't throw on proper timing, it can lose that matchup. So, out of all the generations of Pokemon, there's not one that, if translated to Go, would make Medichan irrelevant. Drifloon would be a great example of something that could, but doesn't have the appropriate moveset and the ability to deal with everything else in the meta to do it. That's the problem is the meta isn't just Medi. Medi is the most common thing in the meta, but the things that can beat Medi lose hard to the other things in the meta. And that's the problem. That's why you don't have a lot of Sableye or Cofagrigus's or things of that nature running on. Because Umbreon and Licky just deal with them too well. Yeah, given given Medi's moveset, the only thing that you can really get to deal with it is something that's going to resist Psychic and resist Counter. Um, and essentially that's just going to be Sableye and Spiritomb, exactly. Uh, I'm sure there's others that, that I'm blanking on at the moment, but both of those are in go. Um, Sableye has a pretty good moveset and, and even so with Ice Punch you can get a Sableye pretty low um, mm-hmm. I, I think Medi's just it's just too strong there is a Medi killer out there lurking but it may be too glassy Hasuian Zoroark with a normal and ghost typing resisting mm-hmm. ghost moves so it resists your lick it resists. The only thing it's weak to is your dark moves. It potentially could completely blow up the meta. But let me let me check its stats real quick. I imagine it'd be similar to Zoroark's stats, right? And Zoroark is paper thin. And I think that may be the case. Yeah. I just don't remember off the top of my head. And, and even so, I'd imagine that single resisted counters into a sidekick are going to be enough to take it out. But I mean, if it has like Shadow Claw, Shadow Ball, it's got potential. But then you still run into the win paired with Umbreon. What do you do? So uh, would the normal ghost typing be the typing? So um, 
I think for Go standpoint, normal Ghost is going to function very, very similar to Dark Ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only mon that is normal ghost that's been released, as far as I'm aware so far, is Husui and Zoroark. So this would be the the one opportunity for that to come up. And it looks like it shares stats potentially with regular Zoroark. Hmm. Let me. I, I'm trying to double check it here before I say this. Give me just a couple minutes, and you can talk for a minute. So yeah, I, I think even if that comes in, if we if we looked at like you know with with the Zoroark stat product, Zoroark stat product is in the fourteen hundreds in Great League, which is yeah. ridiculously low. So even if it was a slightly bulkier version of Zoroark, I don't see it getting past like sixteen hundred, which is still you know two hundred overall bulk points below a Swampert, and uh, I think I could see an Ice Punch one shotting that attack of two, and this is level fifty. Attack of 261, defense of 128, stamina of 146. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah. Even it would have trouble. And the sad part is it has access to a lot of amazing moves, but mm-hmm. so struggle. The only thing that would essentially remove Medi from the play Pokemon meta is a rotation where Medi is no longer eligible. I would say so. Or like a rotation where XL candies aren't viable for open Great League. I think those mm-hmm. are the two options that we have to to push, and both of them are essentially just banning Metacham. But I think those are the two ways that Metacham can be pushed out of the meta because, I mean, even its charge moves aren't good. Ice Punch and Psychic we don't see on much else because they're very lackluster charge moves. It's just that Metacham is good, so those charge moves look better. Which is funny that they, like, after seeing three, now three regionals, right? That have 100% usage on day two. Oh, only two? The first one didn't? Pittsburgh didn't? Oh, okay. Like, you figure play would look at that and start to think about what they need to do to limit that because they normally are really good about banning the things that just overpower everything else. But the thing is, it doesn't overpower everything else. There are things in the meta that beats it. I What makes Medi so good and the reason it's on so many teams is that it's, its wins aren't that great outside of a low and sand slash, but that is what it is. Its wins aren't extremely dominant but neither are its losses and so it just makes it a safe enough pick that'll still do its job that it's always comfortable to bring and it's more flexible than something like dd i really try to make dd work but it's so inflexible it has to play a certain way which makes versus medi can have multiple movesets that are viable it can bait pretty easily things of that nature makes it a lot easier to use yeah dd would need like a a psychic bait move that didn't debuff itself and then it could have kind of the same viability it could kind of step in that place for um for the medi but even then you pick up a weakness to darkness that i to dark that is relevant doesn't cresselia have a pretty decent matchup against medichan 
It like, does. What's, what is holding Cresselia back from not... Like, I feel like... I think with Dodge... Was it with Dodge that mm-hmm. used Cresselia? And I've been saying Cresselia for, like, since last year. What is holding Cresselia back from actually being meta? Because I feel like it has a decent mass- matchup against... And Licky, with it having Moonblast? Ba- moon Licky, Umbreon, Slash, Registeel. Steels in general. Yeah. It's it's completely walled by steels. Um, and I think the other thing is its inability to farm things down. We kind of see that Registeel struggle as well, where it can't really lock, thing, lock on down much. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of inflexibility in that kind of situation. And Cresselia has a, a similar problem without the favorable energy generation that, that the Registeel has. Hmm. Nerf, okay. lock, on, lock on win? <laughs> uh, and the last... so many hateful comments just got typed. <laughs> uh, and the last one from Shadow Prime. Uh, can we hear everyone's best Pikachu impression? Pikachu! Oh, you win. Oh, I can't top that. <laughs> Pika, Pika, Pikachu. Yeah, you win. Why, why do I feel like he's been prepping for this question? It's, 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 it's his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since Pikachu. <laughs> I've been training for this day forever. <laughs> this, is, this is the question he's been waiting for mm. since the podcast Pika- release. Pikachu! Yeah. I don't think... Pika? Pika Pika? Pika Pika! Pika! <laughs> You've got that, like, that little pitch that gets, like, that little high pitch, like, uptick. <laughs> oh, Matthew God. is going to destroy you <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm aware, but it was worth it. He's going to look at just the sound waves and be like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> I'm looking at it. And there's literally, it's just a it's box. Just there is no bars. way for it. It's a box. <laughs> Leave uh, it in, Matthew. Leave it in. Uh, well, that's it. That's a show. That's a show. Hey, um, hey, King Out, where can everyone find you? Uh, yeah, um, I'm over on Twitch. Twitch uh, TwitchTV.KingOut. King Alexander, um, and I have the exact same handle on uh, on X. Cool, and those are always in our show notes, so um, check that out. Um, anything else? Did we miss anything? No. Okay. It's a show. Yep. Uh, so before we wrap up, big thank you to all of our Patreon sh- supporters. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can for as little as a dollar a month, which will gain you access to our Discord. Uh, please support our team, BTW Network streamers, Lyles Jeff 3, Instinct Leader Spark, Confessions, Kyle Throws, Mythical Hitch, Evan77, 7713, King Alexander, and Gracie Z. Um, our Coach's Corner supporters, Field Super, Graves, Herm13, Moshpit 37, Ryan and Hood, Sasha McGriddle, Shoe Star 1, Slim Sadie 2, The Mustache Gullum, The Snoop Nasty, Tioga Patriot, Blind Craziness, Uncle Beastud, Mama Climbs, Pokemon Kush, and Unbreakable. Uh, our BTW Legends, Clifford Mert, Dave 49 Raptor, E110, GBL Luke 22, Hasumi and Ryan, King Tom, Rogue King 11, Kittens and High Fives, and Macho Man 2013. Discord admins, 
Fish on a Heater, Laos Jeff 3, and Reyes 683. Um, for more exciting content, head over to our YouTube channel, BTW PvP Official. Um, Fridays, we do our TCG stream, me and Matthew. Um, n- not this past Friday, we had Dino fill in for me. Um, and then, uh, but I'll be back uh, this this Friday. And then you guys are still doing Saturdays or Sundays. Yeah, I, I, we plan on being back this week. We were out last week because I was, you know, busy dying. Yeah. Well, and there was also regionals and stuff like that. Yeah. Like so, uh, this Saturday we will be hosting a practice tournament for Toronto, actually on Twitter or on um, YouTube. Very nice. Very cool. Um. Yep. Uh, you can follow us on X BTW PVP podcast. Uh, you can email us info at btwpvp.com. Um, or you can head over to our website, btwpvp.com, where you'll find everything we just mentioned, plus links to our merch store, Patreon, and our friends over at the Roundtable Chat Tots. Um, but if becoming a Patreon is not something you want to do, you could still help the show by just telling your friends, letting everyone know about us, uh, leaving comments um, in Spotify and uh, Apple. Um, It does help get the word out uh, and helps the show get a little higher up on people's you may, you know, things you may like. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Finally, thank you all for listening to the BTW Beginner to Winner PvP podcast. I'm AstroZombie954. I'm WildcatDad17. And I'm King Alexander. Until next time, good luck and get good. It's like you've been practicing that for like months. It was like perfect. <laughs> Glad it worked. Fl- like the first, and we totally guest. didn't tell him ten seconds before he yeah. had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for those listening to everything after the show, uh, next week's bonus episode, we are going to be posting a link to our ZenCaster where we record in the Discord somewhere. We're not going to tell you where. We're not going to tell tell you where. Well, you'll be able to click it, and you'll be magically transported to Recording Land, where we'll be recording the bonus episode. You do need to be on PC. It will not work on a phone. Yes. Um, and uh, now it works on uh, iOS. So oh, it, it does? does work cool. on Apple. Um, okay. It does work on your iPhone. Um, just be ready to answer questions, because as soon as you get on, we're going to start asking you questions. This is this is reverse uh, reverse thing that what you guys normally do to us, we're going to do to you. It's going to be awesome. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.